Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Come to Sam Ash for hundreds of exclusive holiday deals on music and sound gear from the most iconic brands. Save big on professional and starter guitars, drums, digital pianos, horns, violins, DJ, and electronic production equipment. Supercharge your home studio with deals on podcasting, streaming, and AV equipment like speakers, microphones, headphones, and acoustic treatment. Plus, with 36 months no interest financing on thousands of items, you can get the gear of your dreams right now. From our incredible selection and service to our lowest price guarantee for over 95 years, real musicians know you only go to Sam Ash. Bruce Arians here with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. During these difficult times, it's important that we all show we care about our community's health. You could spread COVID-19 without knowing it. Wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance from each other, stay strong and go Bucks. Realizing my potential has been what my career has been all about. Things that I've dreamed about have actually come true. The Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. Things have happened in my life as I kind of hoped they would happen. It's been, I mean, just a complete evolution. You know, how I just kept kind of fighting and clawing to continue to, to power forward. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep trying to make progress. So when I look at over 20 years, I look, look how far I've come. But there's not one step that I took where I realized, look how far I've come.
But those series of steps that I put together, um, I go, wow, that's, man, that's quite a journey. Sports Web, a sports talk show for the hardcore fans. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another edition of the Evolution of Sports Talk Television here on Thursday nights. It's the Sports Web Bucks edition on the Landry Football Network live on Bucks Report. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And as we always start off the Sports Web, Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. On tonight's show, we'll have former Buck in Patriot Corner, Mr. Ricky Reynolds on with us talking about what else? Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers around the NFL and also taking your phone calls. Don't be scared. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. At 940, we will have Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports Talk Show on the Landry Football Network. And at 10.30, we will have TJ Pittenger of the Big Three roll up some college football news. And then, of course, again, your phone calls. 727-255-0391. And, of course, this show is brought to you by MyCannabisCard.com, the nation's first and largest cannabis card doctor network and home of the guaranteed fast-track cannabis card approval with over 2,500 state licensed doctors and 30 qualifying conditions, my cannabis card is by far the easiest and most cost-effective way to secure your cannabis card as stress-free from the uh, comforts of your own home. So again, mycannabiscard.com and tell them Bucks Report, Peter Blake, and the Sports Web sent you. So. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get him on. Former Bucks corner, former Pats corner, and of course, sports analyst here on Bucks Report, Mr. Ricky Reynolds. Welcome to the evolution of sports talk television, my friend. How you doing? Good. How you doing there, Peter? I like your energy. You're starting off right. <laughs> uh, always got to start off the show right. I feel like the best intro uh, really leads into the show. It sets up the table. It sets the table for everybody out there, all the webheads. Hopefully, we'll have lots of calls tonight and lots of things to talk about. But the big story has been, of course, the first week of padded practices by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What have you taken out of everything that you've heard and seen so far from the Bucs in these padded practices this week? Well, I think the uh, biggest thing I've taken in is that these guys are um, serious. You know, I mean, they they know their, uh, what lies ahead of them, the opportunity uh, with 
with um, you know, with Tom Brady and company that is there. Uh, it looks like the defense offensively, everybody's working hard. They're preparing themselves for a great season. And I just see that they're really setting the tone, uh, you know, perfect for, for earth, this early in camp. Are you surprised, Ricky, that there has been so much uh, energy or so much um, like uh, there's so much excitement about Tom Brady? Because all we heard was some doom and gloom. Well, he only had 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I'm not sure if he has the arm strength. And now what you come to find out is this guy not only has arm strength, uh, but he's able to throw the ball deep. He's able to throw the ball accurate. Uh, he's trying to make Mike Evans a, a legend in, in his uh, in his words. So are, are you surprised by all the hype that has been, uh, you know, bestowed upon a Brady this week? No, I, I actually haven't. I mean, ever since he set foot in uh, at one Buccaneer place, there's been a lot of attention. You know, uh, everybody's excited about him uh, across the National Football League. Uh, you know, across the nation, you know, everybody's talking Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm not surprised by that. Um, I, I'm very pleased by what I'm seeing as far as, uh, you know, the energy that he's letting off onto this team, uh, the arm strength, uh, you know, what he has left in the tank. I, I am surprised by that. I, I did think that he probably has dropped off a little bit, but it's looking like he's he's uh, maintained and he's he's looking real good right now. Have you so you changed your mind on this? You don't think there's no I know it's practice. I get it. Everybody's like, it's practice. It's all it's all it is is practice. <laughs> Alan Iverson uh tone of voice, but uh have you kind of changed your mind on that now with seeing some of the stuff in action and because you don't have a lot of media covering it, you just see what you see with the highlights and you know the uh, local media around here covering it. Well, yeah, I, I have changed a little bit. I I definitely was a guy that thought he has lost a step, you know, I mean, he's been playing what over, over 20 years. And so um, you figure eventually you're going to start losing some. And I, it seemed like he was losing some steam and I figured he'd be a guy that come in here that would play well, but wouldn't have that zip that, you know, that fire that he had in the past. But right now it looks like he's a guy that's out to prove everybody wrong. Uh, He has a lot of pep in his step and, and I like what I'm saying. Any concerns about Brady throwing some early interceptions? I was reading online, and uh, some people were saying, well, he's throwing some early interceptions, so you, you everybody should be worried about that. But I kind of think that's a good thing, seeing that you know, you're getting it out of the way. And then on top of it, just maybe, Ricky, I don't know, the secondary could be a little bit better than they were last year, right? Well, I, I definitely know the secondary is better than the, what they were last year. These guys kind of you know, know the defense now. They're a lot more comfortable. Uh, they're not thinking as much as what they were a year ago. And so now they're out there just playing and, and making plays on the ball. Brady is, is, is trying to discover this offense, seeing what he can do, what he can't do. He's taking chances here and there. So these are things that you expect uh, during training camp. Once, you know, once uh, you know, the live bullets start happening, he's going to make the right decisions, the best decisions uh, for his team, you know, and and he'll he'll do the right thing. He won't throw a bunch of interceptions uh, once the season starts. And we're on with uh, Mr. Ricky Reynolds, former corner for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New England Patriots, and sports analyst now here on the Sports Web. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. The evolution of sports talk television. Join the 65,000 following we have here, of course, on Facebook. Now, Mike Edwards talked about this today in his Zoom meeting. 
uh, saying that, you know, it's very important to have communication with the defense around Joshua Cole Allen asked that question. Talk about the communication between the secondary, a young one at that. How important is that? And how important was that to you when you played uh, for the Bucs and the Patriots in the back end? Well, it's, it's uh, probably the most important thing uh, when you're coming in, you know, with, with the unit, especially in the secondary back there in the backfield, because a big play can happen at any moment. So all these guys have to be on the same page at the same time. And when a play is called in the huddle, that's not necessarily means you're going to run that play. Once you line up and the offense comes out in a particular formation, now the play will make adjustments. You make changes. You make checks and calls. Uh, it, it's a, lot of, a lot of things can happen. Uh, motion happens. Then you adjust. You may change the play. So everybody has to be able to com uh, communicate, to talk, so that they're all playing the exact same defense at the same time. Because if one person doesn't get that uh, that verbal communication communication or verbal uh, command, then all of a sudden the coverage is blown and there goes a, a easy score for your opponent. So these guys have to talk and communicate and be on the same page. Can you give us a story of maybe a blown coverage or maybe something you caught uh, at a certain point in your playing career? What happened? A good, a good communication deal where maybe you caught something at the last minute and you recovered and something bad uh, that happened with a uh, blown coverage in the back end for you and your teammates. Well, it's it happened a lot when I played. <laughs> I mean, you know, I played back when uh, you know we didn't have any winning season, so the team was uh, you know you never know who you were playing with during that week. You know, we had a lot of new guys coming in and out because they were always trying to find the right combination. But you know, there there's been times, and I can't think of an exact play, but there have been times where, uh, you know, we're playing one coverage, say we're, we're playing um, a man-to-man uh, -man coverage, and then uh, you get a motion, and then you're, you're running with the guy. And then uh, when, once you get to the other side, the safety's supposed to roll down and take your man, and you're supposed to bump off and take uh, the man that he was covering. Mm -hmm. And if you guys, you know, there's been times where the communication falls off and the safety doesn't take your guy – but you know you're supposed to take his guy, and all of a sudden two guys are covering the same guy, and then the other guy's running free. So, you know, you have little incidences like that, and, and everybody's looking like, you know, what happened? Who's supposed to cover that guy? And all of a sudden there's another safety that's running with the guy, and he looks bad. He's the one. He's just trying to help out, you know, and it happens a lot. And I see it where um, some of the analysts are like, man, that guy looks bad on this play, but it wasn't his guy, you know. Somebody else was supposed to have been covering it. It was just a blown coverage. So things like that happen uh, quite often, uh, especially with young secondaries and, and uh, first-year defense coordinators and things like that. We'll get back to that in a moment. Let's go out to the webheads here. Mr. Johnny Dean, you got a question for Mr. Ricky Reynolds. Welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Hey, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Um, hey, I, I wanted to make this for Ricky here. Um, Ricky. I've tried for years to explain to fans that I'm debating with or whatever at the time, the difference between knowing a system and reacting. Mm -hmm. And it, you, I, I keep trying to tell them that it's, it's not the, you need that first season so that you can react 
to what's going on instead of thinking about it. And it, I don't think it sinks in really well. Maybe you can explain that to better people better than I can. Well, I can. And, um, you know, last year, the, the young secondary was doing a lot of thinking. You know, these guys were fresh, new in the National Football League. I'm sure, you know, their verbal commands were different. You know, they might have called, you know, a certain type coverage, you know, a, a something different where they were. And now it's this coverage and, and techniques are different. So, you know, these guys are lining up and they're doing a lot of thinking and they're not sure of, you know, do I take this guy? Do I roll this way? Do I go left? Do I cover from the inside? Do I cover from the outside? So there's a lot of thinking going on. When that happens, you usually are getting beat because um, you're a step behind when you do a lot of thinking. But when you know a system, you anticipate what's going to happen. You, you see a guy coming in motion, you know the safety's gonna roll back to the deep middle, you're gonna roll forward, you're gonna cover the guy that's coming over, or you know, the other safety's gonna move over you know, and take this guy and you're going to bump outside and take the outside guy. You know, I mean, once you know a system and you know what's going to happen, you can anticipate uh, everybody in the backfield does. And so it, it works smoothly, you know, like a like a well-oiled machine. And um, there's no mistakes, you know, and you feel confident. You know, you feel confident. You know what's going to happen at the beginning of the play and at the end of the play and um, not make too many mistakes. Good stuff, Johnny. Anything else? That was it. I, that, I've, you know, you know, I've tried to explain that to people before, man. But they just, I, I don't have that smooth way of talking that Ricky does. Well, <laughs> that's why we got him on here. What do you think about this safety battle between Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield, um, and of course Jordan Whitehead? It certainly looks like uh, we're in for a pretty good camp battle here, Johnny. I know you're interested in. What do you think about it, Ricky? And uh, do you feel like Winfield? You know, look, he was a second round pick ball hawk but because of some of the misrep opportunities do you feel like he'll make more of an impact uh in the middle or the the uh, later part of the season because of that well um i i think winfield he's uh he's gonna be an awesome awesome addition to this uh, secondary he's a guy that's very versatile so he he can play corner as well as you know safety he can come down play in the slot you know, as a nickel guy. So he's a guy that can play multiple positions. So uh, he's very valuable to this team. Uh, like you said, the biggest thing, like we were just talking about, is he's a rookie. Um, he's just now learning the system. But everybody around him knows the system. So they should be able to communicate with him and work with him in such that they can get him caught up. Last year, all the guys were, you know, young guys and we're all trying to learn everything at the same time. So um, I see uh, Winfield coming in. I think he'll, he'll, he will definitely improve as the season goes on, as he gets more and more comfortable with the system and with the players around him. He will get, he will get better. Uh, he will make more plays uh, as it goes forward. But uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great find. He's going to be a, a major impact for this team. All right, Johnny Dean, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you, all right? All right, later, guys. All right, later. Open phone line, 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, along with former Buck and Pat's corner, Mr. Ricky Reynolds. Can you take me back to your rookie year, and what was the challenges for you getting into the league? Well, it, it, I was nerve-wracked. You know, I was just hoping – uh, I could, you know, get on the field and have a chance to play. You know, I, I was a second round pick, 
And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to play. You know, I wanted to get out there and, and make a, a, an impact some kind of way. Wasn't sure if I was going to start or not. But um, I just came in and, and tried to learn, you know, the system as quickly as possible. I studied, you know, I, I did the things necessary to try to get myself on the field. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was the second team guy coming in. And uh, I, I believe the, uh, uh, the defensive back ahead of me had a little injury. So I ended up starting that first preseason game. And I went out and played well, got an interception. And after that, there was no looking back. I was a starter. And, um, you know, it was, it was great. You know, once, once I, once I got my feet settled into that position, you know, I wasn't giving it up. You know, <laughs> I wasn't, I, I mean, I just gained confidence from week after week after week and just played football. Like I knew how to play. Is that really the toughest transition for a young player getting into the league is having that confidence because we talk so much about it. You know, the kids these days, they say swag. You know, for confidence, is that what it comes down to? Swag, getting on the field and not being intimidated by the likes of a Tom Brady or a Rob Gronkowski? Oh, yes. That, that's definitely the first step is being able to have uh, confidence in yourself and in your abilities and knowing that you're going to go out there and play. And if you make a mistake, you know, you don't worry about it. You just line up and you keep playing, knowing that, you know, all right, you know, that happened, but and it's not going to happen again, you know. And so you have to have some swag. You have to have a little confidence. You have to uh, leave your feelings at home, you know, because the coach is going to get on you when you get beat and the receiver is going to get on you too. They're going to talk a little trash, but, you know, that's okay. So you just have to man up, you know, get back in there and, and keep plugging away. <laughs> All right, let's go back out to the phone lines here. Welcome to the evolution of Sports Talk Television where he's ringing. I don't know what's going on here. All right, you're on the sports web. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Pete, man. It's your, uh, your, your faithful listening, man, Ron. Hey, what's going on, Ron? You got, you got Ricky Reynolds on here. You got a question for him? Hey, uh, yeah, man. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been seeing uh, Ricky on your show a lot. And, um, hey, Ricky, how you doing, man? I do remember um, growing up as a youngster, uh, being a Tampa native. Uh, you, of course, uh, in our secondary. And, and I always remember you being a, uh, a very uh, – physical player and uh i have good memories uh i wanted to ask uh wanted to ask uh, ricky something i know we were talking about the secondary feet sure um, i wanted to get I, wa I wanted to get your 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 take ricky last year um during the season i know that the secondary didn't start off uh as well as maybe all of us would have wanted to uh, would have wanted them to mm -hmm. and um i know you know with our first round pick uh uh Vernon Hargraves um, was back there, and then upon his exit, it seemed as though it was kind of like the secondary maybe started kind of gelling together, the you know the the, the younger ones, and and there was definitely there was definitely an improvement, and uh, I just wanted to get your you know kind of your take or your feeling on that, like when something like that happens. I mean, you have a first round pick that's kind of been in the system, and uh, you know exits and and you know leaves the teams, you know leaves the team for whatever circumstances between him and the coaching staff or whatever between the media fans don't always know and realize, why do you think maybe that, you know, that could have occurred where sometimes you actually get maybe more of a gelling or, or you know, difference when you, when you have someone that I guess has some experience that was your first round pick that kind of leaves the team. Okay, Ron. Thanks a lot for the question. Go ahead, yeah. Rick. Well, I, I, I think that, you know, 
first of all, you know, it, it was a new system altogether for everybody there. Uh, Todd Bowles came in, uh, you know, with, with Bruce Arians and, and it was a new system. So everybody had to learn it. And sometimes you have a guy like uh, Hargraves that's been around for a little bit and depending on his attitude and what, you know, he was like, um, the, the other guys might not have meshed well with them uh, or, or that sort of thing. And you got to remember all these guys, are you know first and second year type players, so I'm sure these guys hung out together, had a chance to really uh, uh, you know groom with one another, grow with one another, and become friends, you know, buddies. So uh, I'm sure their connection was a lot better than probably with Hargraves, who you know was a veteran guy and probably hung out with some of the other older guys as well. So um, I think that probably had a lot to do with it, and then. Um, also, um, you know, Hargraves just he just didn't play well. You know, he didn't play as well as he, he should have played uh, when he was here. And uh, when that happens, you know, you, you lose your job. And um, that's the way it goes. And, and you know, like I said, these guys, they start off slow because they didn't know the system as well. And it was new to them and they were young. And so as the season went on, they just improved. Uh, they improved their, in their communication. They began to learn the system and they just they just got better. And uh, now they have confidence, and now they're playing football. All right, Ron, what else, buddy? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's good feedback there. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I noticed, too, because and I guess in a way it was, I guess it's too bad, you know. Sometimes uh, things happen, um, you know, certain, like I said, we don't always know as fans what's going on on the interior within the organization, but I noticed upon, you know, that, in, in Vernon's defense, I guess, you know, we did see some, some splash plays earlier in the year, like that pick um, that he had, you know, against San Francisco and right. played a solid game against Carolina, um, I believe, throughout the um, – We had the tackle at the end of the game. That huge play there. Yeah, he, yeah, um, absolutely. The end zone. Right. But, you know, but his, his performance definitely did fall off. And then we started noticing, you know, receivers that, you know, ended up in front of him and, and – uh, things like that. And B.A., let's face it, he's not playing around. I mean, you're either you're going to be consistent and buy in or uh, you're either not going to be playing or, uh, you're, you know, hit, you're going to be hitting the road. But, um, yeah, so just definitely uh, interesting perspective on that. But um, so, Pete, I just wanted to get your – so any any news on, you know, on what's going on with, with the fan attendance or we're all kind of still waiting to – yeah, we, nothing official yet, Ron. We we don't really know what's yeah. We really don't know what's going to happen with fan attendance at this juncture. So when something is released officially, uh, we'll give you the information. But you know, we we've, we've talked about it possibly sixteen thousand, but there's nothing official. And I think there's some teams still making that decision, right, Ricky? I mean, you had teams come out this week, the Chicago Bears saying. You know, we're not going to play any games in September. We're going to kind of monitor the situation. And I kind of like the way they're going with that, not just ruling out the whole year and saying, you know what, we're not going to play any games. We're just going to monitor the situation. If it gets better, then we're going to allow fans in. Do you like that, the way some of these teams are approaching this? Yes, I, I like it uh, a lot. I mean, because you have to know what's going on in your town. You know, it's, it's different from state to state, from city to city. And so you just have to monitor it. And uh, like I said, it is what it is here now, but who knows what it's going to be like, you know, six weeks from now, you know? So, it, you know, you just got to take your time and, and wait and see. Absolutely. Ron, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you. All right, boss. Thanks, Ron. And I want to say go Lightning too. Extraordinary win the other day. It's nice to have hockey back. 
looks like they're kind of staying in the bubble too long with basketball. Yep. They're looking up. Yep. And that was it was so motivating to see them come out with that win. I mean, talking about as though maybe some of us would like to refer Columbus as a nemesis, but to win that series the way they did, man, I just think that's awesome, and it's just great to have hockey back. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to thank you, Pete. Thank you, Ricky. Um, it was great talking to you, man. I appreciate it. Great show, Pete. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks a lot for watching. Appreciate you, Ron. Definitely call back. Use that second and third call here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. All right, my friend? You got it. All right, good stuff. There you go, Ron, right there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, doing a great job as always calling the sports web open phone line 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391 it's the sports web i'm your host peter blake bucks edition along with mr ricky reynolds former bucks corner and pat's corner Uh, you kind of talked about it having a short memory Uh, go ahead and take me back what was the first coach that chewed you out and uh, i know we talked about trash talkers uh, but did you ever did you ever even talk any trash to anybody to get under their skin? Maybe a young guy? No, I I, I was not a I was not a trash talker, and um, I didn't need to be. I just go out there and just shut them down. I was very strong, so when the guys tried to block me, I just throw them on the ground and and you know did what I needed to do. And and like uh, the other caller said, I was physical. You know, I was gonna come up and hit you, and that was enough enough for them to make sure that they weren't talking trash to me you know, because they knew I wasn't playing. And a lot of times when that happens, when you get a guy that's not talking trash and uh, that's uh, just coming at you play after play, you don't mess with that guy, you know. And so, you know, a lot of players didn't mess with me. (laughs) No, they definitely didn't mess with you. I wouldn't mess with you now. Somebody calling you um, Shaft on here. I think Blake Anthony goes, (laughs) that's my boy Ricky Shaft Reynolds right there. We'll read these comments. And just a little bit, but want to get to Bruce Arians talking about Rob Gronkowski today. He says the back surgeries have healed, so he's had a year of healing. He looks to me like he was, uh, looks like he's five to six years ago. His play, uh, he doesn't have that gigantic elbow brace on. He's moving, he's running fast again. Uh, he's got uh, great body control. Uh, some of the things, the stiffness that I saw at the end of his career with all the injuries, it looks like it's gone. And then Gronkowski speaks and says, let me tell you, at first, the first couple practices, it definitely felt weird. The game was really fast when I first got here. Uh, The defense was really fast, but then goes on to say, and as time goes on, as days go on, I feel better about myself being over there. My confidence, once again, that word confidence keeps going up. The game is slowing down. I'm starting to pick up the offense more. And uh, overall, it's going to be good. I've got so much more to work on and so much to improve on, but I'm really glad to be here. And talking about the snaps, because we've kind of spoken about this, where maybe the Bucks would limit those snaps. Gronkowski's not having any of it. Gronk's not having it. I'll play the whole entire game if I have to. I don't see why that would be a problem. I've never played basic. Uh, I've, I've never not played basically every snap in my career. But if it's not the entire game and they pull me out from some snaps, some rest, I'm cool with whatever the coach has game planned for us. So your take on this, Coach Arian says he looks like you know a totally different player. Maybe five to six years ago, did some draft, or not draft, but some pundits out there, some talking heads, uh, kind of overlook Gronk, you know, talking about OJ Howard and Cameron Brake. But could Gronk, with that year off, fully recover for some of those injuries and be the impact that a lot of Bucks fans think he may be? 
I think he can. I think, um, you know, football takes its toll on your body. And sometimes uh, going from one season to the next, your body doesn't fully recover uh, the way that it should because it, it really takes its toll. And uh, some of those injuries can drag into seat to the next season, into the next season. And um, it, it just it just gets rough on your body. So he's had a chance to really uh, allow his body to recover, get healthy. So he's feeling really good right now. Um, but I think that uh, Bruce Arians and those guys should really take care of him, keep him fresh as possible so that he is very effective uh, at the start of the season and all the way through until the end. I mean, you have a lot of tight end depth there. Be smart and use this guy wisely because he is a weapon. Are you surprised of O.J. Howard's comments this week where basically he says because of Gronk and his influence that he's not only taught him footwork but improved his run blocking? I mean, this is the kind of effect, the reason why the Bucks organization pays a $10 million to a Rob Gronkowski because he can have that impact and, and you'll uh, uh, the, the impact on O.J. Howard and a Cameron Brayton and the rest of that tight end room. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, he's uh, Rob Gronkowski is a is a champion, and he knows what it takes to to win a championship. And so uh, he's he's doing everything in his power to make sure those guys around him are ready to go. And um, he's going to give all the advice he can to try to help these young guys out because uh, it, it, it might be down the line somewhere during the course of the season where these guys are going to have to step up and make great plays help them to get to where they want to go. So um, he's he's doing what a true leader does. All right, good stuff here. We'll wrap it up with this. Not necessarily all the greatest news. TJ Logan was carted off today, according to Greg Allman of The Athletic. Tough news for Bucks running back TJ Logan, who injured the uh, patellar tendon in his knee in practice today. He'll have surgery on Saturday. Not necessarily season-ending. Uh, could open up a guy like a Raymond Calais who was drafted in the seventh round. Very good in special teams in college. How do you see that working out now for Calais? Or do you see somebody else on this team? Maybe maybe a Scotty Miller on special teams, right? Yeah, well, they're gonna they're gonna try out, you know, several guys to um uh you know step up in that position. So this is the time for those guys to get out there and shine. And this is how uh special teamers make the team and and make a name for themselves. When you have uh, the opportunity, somebody goes down, you have to step in there and, and, and uh, get the job done if you want to get on the roster. One last question, and then we'll get you out of here. Mr. Ricky Reynolds, former Bucks corner, of course, Pat's corner on the evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. The injury situation, it's kind of happened to the wide receivers in the league. You have a Tyreek Hill who's dealing with a hamstring injury, uh, a Sammy Watkins with a groin, A.J. Green with some hamstring problems. Can you expect more injuries to happen because of not having all the uh, practice, The only the 14 days of padded practice? Could you expect more injuries to come here in the next few weeks because of that? Uh, yes, there, there will be more injuries. You, you'll see uh, injuries throughout the, the – across the, uh, the league um, because it, it – not having an off season, um, you know, the training camp is different. So these guys, you know, their bodies aren't going to be as prepared as it normally would be uh, during the course of a regular season. And, and you're missing the four preseason games as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that during that time, uh, a lot of the young guys would play. You know, they would get a lot of reps 
and during that time, um, the veterans will get a chance to, you know, be able to sit back and get some rest, you know. But now uh, with this situation, the vet veterans can't rest. They have to go full bore. They have to get themselves ready to go for the season. And uh, it's going to start here quickly. You wonder if Bruce Arians would kind of curtail the practice sessions with the Mike Evans and the Chris Godwin because they had these hamstring injuries. And have you ever suffered from a hamstring injury? If you have, tell us about it. How difficult is it to overcome? Because it certainly seems like it's a lingering injury during the season. Well, it, it's, it's definitely a lingering injury, and I've had several of them, and they're different grades. You know, uh, you, you have your severe where you – you know, totally kind of blow it and you mm -hmm. have to be out for weeks. And then you have those that uh, where you have little strains, you know, you may just strain some of the, um, uh, you know, the, the fiber tissues in your hamstring to where uh, it's just a little sore. You may take off a couple of days, but you still can end up playing. So I've had some of both um, and they're nagging. They're very nagging injuries. Um, you know, you feel like you can't go full speed you know, at times. And sometimes it feels like if you do, if you do go full speed, you're going to blow it, you know, so you got to play, you know, carefully at, at a certain type speed uh, when you are injured and playing in, you know, with the injury. So that, you know, they could be tough. They could be really tough to come back from. And, and it does take some time for those things to heal. All right. I tell you what, he's full speed here on the sports web on Thursday nights. That's Mr. Ricky Reynolds, former Corner for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New England Patriots, now sports analyst here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Thanks a lot for your time, buddy. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Talk to you later, Pete. All right. Sounds good. There you go, Mr. Ricky Reynolds on the Evolution. So we'll have Blake Rafino here in a couple minutes. Are you serious? Sports Talk show on the Landry Football Network. Good stuff there. Good insight. What do you say? 727-255-0391 at 727-255. 2550391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about here on the Landry Football Network live on Bucks Report five nights a week for three hours. We do this for you. I do this for you to talk sports. I know how this whole uh, offseason has been crazy. So we've got to kind of get back to some normalcy, right? Talk some football. 20, what is it, 22 days until the start of the season? Are you ready? Are you feeling more optimistic? I am. Day by day, every time I get up in the morning, thank God, by the way, right? <laughs> but football season's right around the corner, so you tell me. 727-255-0391 and 727-255-0391. Let's go out to the webheads. Yes, sir says best virtual edits video. Yash says, let's go Bucks. Bring your passion. This is our year, so we will fire those cannons. Here we go. All right. Christopher Cole says, hey, what's going on? The new current episode is awesome. Can't wait to see that. I will watch that at the end of this, probably at midnight. Uh, Ricky says, Johnny Dean, Buccaneer great. Ricky Reynolds on with us. Uh, definitely had a question. We'll have him back on on Thursdays. Uh, at 9 o'clock, and we'll try to get him more and more involved with the sports web. You know me. You know, 30 minutes turns into an hour. An hour turns into two hours, and then next thing you know, he's on for three hours. I don't think Ricky's going to do three hours, but we'll we'll try to get him on more and more with uh, the evolution. Uh, again, we read that comment. That was funny. Is that Ricky Reynolds says, uh, Sam Buck, Johnny Dean here. Uh, Ricky Reynolds, for anyone who may not know, 
is, I believe, the only player ever to intercept a ball from Joe Montana twice in a single game. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Washington football team's head coach has been diagnosed with limp node cancer after a self-check. That was the other breaking news that just came down about 20 minutes ago, according to Adam Schefter. Ron Rivera tells uh, me that he has been diagnosed with limp node cancer. Rivera shared the news with his team tonight, but says the cancer is in early stages and is uh, considered very treatable and curable. So God bless him. Uh, the whole Washington situation this year has been a mess, but Ron Rivera has been the light uh, in that tunnel. And now with him uh, having cancer, it's somewhat disappointing. So hopefully that team can come together. I know Ron Rivera is a strong enough man uh, to make sure that team comes together and they will be competitive. They will be a lot better organization for some of the moves they made, especially in a Rivera. Uh, seen it, Johnny. Absolutely. Uh, that's the big news uh, here. Uh, let's see. Sad for Ron. Johnny Dean, Coach Ron Rivera. Okay, we talked about that. Yes, sir. I hate that to happen with what has uh, what I've been through this year. Yep. And what's up, everybody? Says, are you serious? So we're going to get him in here. Uh, Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports Talk Show here. Let me go ahead and get rid of that. Let's get that on there. And then Blake Rafino, welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk <laughs> Television. Are You Serious Sports Talk Show on the Landry Football Network, now a part of our family here on Bucks Report and the Sports Web. What's going on, boss? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. I was just monitoring the show before we came on. I appreciate you as always having on. Peter, we're getting close, bro. We're getting close. Yeah. Only a couple more days. You Do you know, like, right after Thanksgiving, when you, you're all full and you eat so much food and you're like, man, only 30 days until Christmas. I'm that dude right now. You know, like I'm that dude. So I, I'm getting ready for some football. I'm excited. Well, here's the thing with Thanksgiving. A lot of people don't understand this. You get up, you watch the pregame show, you watch football, you eat. If the football game is boring, you go back and eat, you go to sleep, you watch the next football game. If that football game is boring, you go back, you get another helping, you go back <laughs> to sleep. You may be sleeping all day long. You may be comatose like yours truly here. But there's no amount of order. You can either watch football all day long, you can eat all day long, or you can sleep all day long. You don't have a boss telling you uh, anything unless you have a wife or a significant other that doesn't understand. That that's I'm going to be careful with that one. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, uh, I'm a happy life. But, I, you know, for me, if I have a wife, she's going to be happy because I'm going to be in the living room uh, eating everything I can eat. So that's a fun day right. in your right i mean you're counting it down to christmas but thanksgiving is the time where you can eat anything you want to especially uh carbs and then also uh stay and stand by and watch every football game you want to and if it's not good then you can always go to sleep they got three football games on so you're good to go on that yeah. but let's talk I justify i justify very quick i justify the saints win like i i, I eat because they win when they lose to detroit on thanksgiving i eat because they lose it's just it's <laughs> It's, it's good for me either way, but yeah. <laughs> you put on about 10 pounds, 20 pounds, it's acceptable, and then you got to get back to work. Uh, sometimes yeah. maybe you have off uh, a Black Friday, so uh, <laughs> who knows if you get lucky. But let's talk about that Saints game. Big-time injury to Andres Pete, the left guard. Uh, what is the impact for the Saints, and uh, do you feel like he's going to be ready by September 13th versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Oh, go believe it. I can't believe it. Andrews Pete got another injury. I mean, it's the ongoing phenomenon with Andrews Pete ever since coming out of Stanford. I, I don't really understand why the Saints paid him the money that they did. I think that Pete thought that he would get the open money on the market, but I mean, he's always injured. I think that he'll be back. I think that there's a chance. There's a report that came out today that said they thought it wasn't as worse or as bad as they thought, but we're still monitoring that. But Peter, he's always hurt. I honestly think that he needed to have a, a couple good years. He he he's gonna have to start getting into a little bit of better shape, and that's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black here. But he's gonna have to start getting a, a little bit better shape. He's a good run blocker, but we saw what happened when he went up against guys like Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox and all these other guys in pass pro. He just he's not that good. Um, I don't know if the Saints have a better option right now. Then Andrews Pete at the left guard. I think that Will Clapp is a former LSU player who's gave, given a lot of snaps. I know they have Easton that's still there. I think they have some depth and they can do it. But to say that he will play against the Bucks in week one, I don't know that, Pete. I, I, Peter, I just don't know that. I got you. And, of course, Larry Warford, who is the right guard, just opted out. So there's no way they can get him back, although there was some talk that possibility somebody could make an exception. I think Bucks fans would not like that because – you would want that offensive line. You know, for me, that's a tough matchup. That's a matchup you have to watch. That's why the Saints are so good in protecting a breeze. You keep that interior clean. And when you're talking about keeping that interior clean, you have the challenge of facing a Vita Vea and, of course, an Adamic and Sue. Well, I would rather look for the Saints specific scheme. Now, I'm going to be, um, this is going to sound very weird, especially me as a former offensive lineman. For, but for the Saints system and the Saints scheme, I would rather be better in the interior than on the outside. Mm -hmm. Now, traditionally, you would want to be better on the outside, on your right tackle and left tackle. But we see what happens with the Saints if they're good in the, in the interior. And we saw what happened last year when they weren't. And Andres Pete got beat by Aaron Donald and Brees got hurt. And he was out for those five games. So it's a significant blow. I don't know if they have a better one. But Will Clapp and, and Easton came in last year and played really well. Teddy Bridgewater was somewhat relatively clean. And then when Andrews Pete came back, I don't – he's just such a great run blocker and then such a bad pass blocker at times. It, you just ask the question, well, I, I, what are you going to do here? Because he is so physical and good against the run. I honestly thought that he would have a good season, but he's always injured. I know that he's a multiple-time Pro Bowler, which people may be asking on the Bucks report. Well, Blake, he's, he's been in the Pro Bowl for multiple years. I get that, but you're not watching the games that I'm watching and the, and the pressures that he's given up. But I think that he'll be okay. He, From what I understand, he's lost a little bit of weight, and he possibly could be back, but we don't know that right now. I know that they're going to limit him and, and kind of put him on ice until it's time to go. Besides that offensive line, and we're on with uh, Mr. Blake Rafino here of RU Series Sports Talk Show on the Landry Football Network on the evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Besides that offensive line, in your opinion, what's the biggest concern with the Saints going into 2020? Quarterback. And I know that that sounds crazy. Um, I think it's going to be quarterback. Looking at Drew Brees right now, there are some passes he looks really good. And, Peter, some of them kind of, quite frankly, remind me a little bit of Peyton Manning at the end. Some wow. of them were a little wobbly at times. Um, but I don't know if that's just one pass or a couple passes that we've seen. Sean Payton has been infamous on doing this. Hey, let's show a, show a bad pass about Drew Brees when really he's rifling the ball 50, yard, 50 yards 
they actually, believe it or not, I talked to a guy from a news station. Uh, he threw a ball like th- 45 yards to Emmanuel Sanders, and the next and the next clip they took it out. And I, from what I hear, Sean Payton wasn't excited that they showed some of the clips that they did on TV. It was kind of it's just kind of weird how he gets with that kind of stuff. Um, I would say quarterback in the sense of that we, look, Drew's been Drew has been immobile. He's been injured, and right now. I don't know how they're going to look without a preseason and without a couple games. I'm a little worried about Drew. On the same exact front here, Peter, I would say that the defensive line on some parts, okay, you do have some guys that have been injured there too. I mean, who's going to be on the opposite side of Cam Jordan? Uh, look, you did you did get to the quarterback a lot last year. At points, you were leading the NFL in sacks. But then when, Mar- uh, when Davenport went down, when Rankins went down, you, you, you kind of scaled off. We remember what happened with the Bucks game, for an example, when it was in the Dome. They were generating a lot of pressure. Now, some of those guys went down, and you're like, well, damn, what's happening there? And then, and then linebackers just as equal on the depth part. I mean, the Saints do have holes here, but I think that they filled those holes, and I think if they can say somewhat clean, and it's, it's, it's the biggest thing in football, the team that doesn't that's not injured is going to win a lot more games than teams that have the problems. But if those are the three things of, of worry for me right now would be Drew Brees and crunch time would be, would be the interior guard and then would be defensive line linebacker. Defensive line and linebacker. Now you talk about Brees in your opinion, do you feel like he could be on a decline and that's uh, why they're making so much about Taysom Hill, signing him to an extension, bringing in the Jameis Winston, of course, locally, we know about Winston and his ability to throw the ball, and uh, you throw it anywhere. But once again, it's always about the decision making. So, in your opinion, do you feel like Breeze is on the decline, and you could see one of these quarterbacks during the twenty twenty season? Is that possible? Yeah, I think he's on the decline. Okay, I, I certainly believe that he's on the decline. Um, you know, in the in the dome sweet dome game in two thousand and five. I mean, it's fifteen years ago. I mean, he's, he's, he's declined every year. I think his decision-making at times has been better, but his arm strength has not been in throws that he could have made uh, in past years. He's not able – he wasn't able to make, but it's still Drew Brees. Okay, he's not – when I said the Peyton Manning thing, he's not the Peyton Manning that we saw in that last year. That's not what I'm saying. He's still got better, better accuracy and a better arm than what Peyton showed, but he's, he's not a spring chicken. Okay, so I do think that he's on the decline – Peter, I, I think that the reason that they bring in Jameis Winston is because they want to use Taysom Hill in that tight end little flex special team role. I don't, you know, Sean's been very vocal of wanting Taysom to be the quarterback starting 2021, 2022, whatever it is. I don't believe that he's telling the truth there. I think that he's just trying to keep him around and saying that. I think that he want he likes a project like a Teddy Bridgewater and a Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. to be on that roster. We saw what happened with Teddy. Okay, now Teddy's in Carolina. Teddy had a lot of question marks. I was a little shocked, and we talked about this last time, Peter. I was a little shocked that Jameis Winston came in 17 pounds lighter. Like, I was really shocked about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think, look, and this is just coming from a Saints fan, looking from the outside, kind of looking in from the Bucks. Okay, I didn't think he was as bad at times. Yes, was his decision-making pad. Absolutely. But from the outside looking in, okay, I'm like, look, that tells you a lot about a guy during quarantine, during a time where he couldn't, he could have been doing nothing, comes back in better shape. He hasn't lost a lot of muscle. He, 
I, I know it's Bucks, so I'm not going to talk much more about Jameis Winston, but has looked really good. That's okay. He's looked really good, you know. And so, you know, one of the guys that I said this last week down close with is on that in that administration, in that staff, he goes, okay. Like they were – he's more excited that they have Jameis than Teddy last year because of the arm strength and the talent he has more than anything else. And the 17 pounds of lost weight, the, the reason mm-hmm. why he gained so much weight is because Bruce Arians wanted to have him – uh, with that armor, so in case he did get hit, and of course, you know, being sacked 47 times and holding <laughs> on to the ball, we'll do that. You'll want to put on weight. Uh, I don't know if that's Thanksgiving pounds, but he definitely took it off with 17. It makes him a little bit mobile. Uh, Jameis has always been somewhat mobile, so you, you kind of wonder, you know, how that's all going to work out. What about Emmanuel Sanders? He's a new addition to this wide receiving core. A lot of expectations. How does he look out there in camp? Um, and are you concerned about all the hamstring injuries that have kind of plagued some of these wide receivers in the league? I am, um, especially because it seems to be a trend. And I think when you don't when you don't have a full offseason, Peter, we could see a situation, okay, where guys get hurt more, okay, because it's not a normal situation. It's not a normal live look. When I was at Southeastern, we would have four scrimmages and we would go live and we would hit. We would have games. It wasn't like the preseason, but we'd still have scrimmages. So that's what I'm a little worried about. And reference to Emmanuel Sanders, look, the Saints have needed a number two wide receiver. You don't target Mike Thomas as much as you targeted him last year. And if you have another reliable option, Alvin Kamara was nicked up last year, but looks good. Right now, he did come out and tell everybody what we already knew. And the Saints did not want us put people like me or a reporter pushing out. But he did have a knee injury last year. And I'm confident in saying it now that it's starting to come out a little bit. But he did have a little bit of a strain in his knee, was not as explosive. He's looked good out there. So they now have three reliable, actually four reliable options that they like. Uh, they have a couple tight ends, Jared Cook and the kid that they just drafted. They like They like them. So it, it, for once, it's not just Mike Thomas and everybody else like it was a lot last season. They have some reliable options. Peter, what I tell you, they're going to get the ball out a lot quicker, I think, this year. They don't like Drew getting hit. They don't like getting in these third-down situations, third and, third and seven, third and eight. I would expect them to run the ball a lot more, be more 50-50. And the seasons that they did have that were successful, they were a lot more 50-50. The year that they uh, got beat by the Rams, they were actually like 51-49. So I think that that's going to be the formula instead of what they did last year and trying to throw the ball all over the yard. I mean, 160-something targets for for Mike Thomas on 150 catches. That's ridiculous. And I don't care who you are. That's just ridiculous. Can't guard Mike. And that's – I mean, he's living up to that name. But now, look, go ahead and shade that safety over to Mike Thomas. I I dare you. I double-dog dare you. Because now you do have a receiver that can catch it. Now they drafted some guys and Troy Quan Smith. Look, it's either put up or shut up now. Okay, now you're in the big boy league. You're about to get cut. So you better put it up or shut it up and you're going to get cut. So it, it's funny, Pete, Peter, when when you have competition, it breeds something in you. And the best thing that I've heard out of Saints camp has been Troy Quan Smith. So it's been a little interesting now that Emmanuel Sanders is there and he's not the second wide receiver starting to across from man, uh, from Mike Thomas. So the, the weapon, the Saints will always find a weapon. I mean, they'll go to the local Waffle House right here and pull the wide receiver out, and, and he'll start. So I'm confident with that. 
I'm absolutely confident of that. We're on with Blake Rafino, Are You Serious Sports Talk Show on the Landry Football Network. What time is that show, by the way? Our show is right before yours. We go from seven to eight. Okay. Um, so that's why when you know I, I we do a lot of things behind the scenes right after, and we try to come on. So I'm not ducking you, Peter. I promise. Um, okay. But for seven uh, from seven to eight, we've been looking. When the when college football starts, God forbid we have college football that we might start from six to six to eight, maybe, or do a Saturday show. But from right now, it's from seven to eight Monday through Monday through Thursday, and on Friday we go from eight to nine. The other day, the last Friday, we had like forty five people call in, so it's like okay, well, uh, I guess we'll go two hours. It was fun, but it was exhausting. I woke up a little a little tired the next morning. I don't know how you do it. You got the stamina of a stallion. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's it, man. They gotta, you gotta have it. You gotta have, uh, you, you know, some stamina and you gotta be able to, uh, you gotta love what you do. And I definitely love what you do. I love what you do. And I love what I do. Absolutely. Uh, what, about, what about the saints? Uh, what's the attitude? Are they loving what they're doing this year is the sense of we got to get it done this year or that's it because they have fallen short in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, I look, I, I, what's the eight, 20, 2020, it's the last ride with Drew Brees. Okay, it's the last ride. They got to do something. I don't see him coming back. You know, he signed that deal with NBC. Malcolm Jenkins said something interesting today, Peter, in reference to the team. We all remember what happened with Brees and the comments and the divisive stuff that was going inside the team. Malcolm Jenkins says, look, in the start of camp, Drew Brees came out and he talked to everybody. He said, look, here was my intentions. Here's my thoughts. I I'm wanting to support everything that's going on in the world. And in our in the U.S., and I'm I'm willing to to put my not just my money into it, but my time and my love and my services into that. So I think that this team seems to be a little bit closer than last. When you go through trials and tribulations, you always seem to either get closer or you're going to be more divided. And you know, against the Rams, Peter, in that year that they got to the NFC Championship game, although that team was really close, there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot. There was some just divisiveness there. I think this team is a lot closer. Sean has been character driven over the last couple of years. And I think they have a good character team. And I think that they love what they do. There's nobody that loves football more than Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. I'll tell you that. I mean, he breathes, sleeps and eats uh, uh, football. You know, Drew has even talked at times where Alvin has sat there and say, hey, can you break down film? Because I want to see with me because I want to see what you're seeing. And I think that you don't do that unless you absolutely love football. Uh, absolutely. All right. Now, speaking of somebody who may not necessarily love football, you kind of alluded to this, and I thought it was interesting. I wanted to cut up the clip, but you talked about Darius Geis. You were foreshadowing how the media really didn't talk about him that much, and now we come to find out uh, that two other alleged uh, rape went on uh, at LSU when he was a freshman. Uh, you're not surprised by this, right? And it certainly seems like Mr. Geis is going down a downward spiral. Let me first off by saying this, now that Coach O has made a statement. Now, I came out Tuesday, exactly when this happened, and, and voiced my opinion and voiced what I have reported and reported when I was covering LSU. And we still do some covering of LSU and AYS, and we will continue to do that. I'm not surprised by Geis, but these – these comments about Coach O are not true. He did not tell the player that one of the players that were in question in this in this uh, allegations and in this reporting years ago has been arrested and was arrested. An investigation was launched. 
The school did do an investigation. Coach O had complied. He continued to comply. An investigation was launched by Baton Rouge Police Department. An arrest was made on a former LSU player. Look, I'm going to say this for LSU specifically. Coach O has kicked off players for much less than this. Very good players that have gone in the first round have been kicked off LSU's team and not been brought back. I say first round, but second round, guys like Arden Key, the defensive end for the for the Raiders, he's kicked off guys and and not let them come back. You know, so I don't want to really break a story here, but Leonard Fournette was a cancer at times for LSU, a first round number four overall pick. Hmm. O didn't let him back. Okay, so let's not get this twisted. Orgeron didn't make those comments. If something like this went on, he would have been gone, and I wouldn't be surprised if O wouldn't have turned it in himself. I think the focus needs to be on the former administration, the former president, and the former coach that's now at Kansas, whose name should not be mentioned and won't be mentioned anymore on AYS and the, the, the craziness that he brought, he put me through as, a, as an LSU fan. Um, in reference to Darius, I'm not going to say I'm not surprised. Look, Peter, I have a, and I just mentioned earlier, a guy, we remember when, when Darius talked about a crazy question he was asked at the combine. Everybody that was in that meeting said that that didn't happen. Scouts, and you can even ask Chris Landry this, scouts knew about this. Scouts knew in this combine before he got drafted that this was investigated by Baton Rouge Police Department and that it came to a conclusion where a player did get arrested and Darius, and it worked through. Now, to break down the report, Peter, I can't, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that right now, but uh, that's how I'm going to leave it there. And, and I look, Darius is in a lot of trouble. I wish that he gets help, and I hope that he gets help moving forward because, you know, a Louisiana kid, a Baton Rouge kid, it, it's hard to see, but I just hope he gets the help that he needs. Yeah, and I feel like some of this is on a less miles because he kind of looked the other way, and mm -hmm. that's what the victims were talking about. They told administration. They told some coaches. But the weird thing is they never reported it to the authorities. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It just seems kind of odd to me. But then again, you know, I always go back to Aaron Hernandez, right? Aaron Hernandez mm -hmm. was a product of what? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer didn't necessarily do the greatest job, neither did Florida looking the other way on some of those things, but kind of Chris Landry put it in so many, uh, he put it in, in great words that if you strip this guy of his scholarship, then what does he have? So I guess at the end of the day, you have to, you know, keep on uh, pushing that kid to be successful because football may be the only thing he has, but do you kind of blame miles for uh, guys's uh, indiscretions? 100%. And, I, and look, and I blame, I, I blame the former president, and uh, the former AD, F. King Alexander, who was the president here, I, I blame Joe Oliva because they had to know. But, Peter, although it's under the former administration, you know, I want to be careful because there was an investigation that was launched and a player that was arrested. So, and a very good player, a very good player that LSU was going to be, that was going to be a starter for LSU and was really good and really talented. So I I wonder one I'm kind of digging into it a little bit more. I dig I was digging into it when it happened and the incident occurred at that time. I want to refresh myself, but let me tell you something. Les Miles did not run LSU's program great. Not like a coach O. The defensive line coach at LSU and Coach Ed Orgeron, I guarantee you, if he had known about it, it was only whispers, but was never told about the allegation. And quite frankly, that falls on the Les Miles. That falls on Joe Oliva, the AD, that falls on the president of the university. You want the defensive line coach to do what? 
I mean, look, it's already being investigated on one end. If I'm Coach O and I'm thinking, well, wait, there's a there's something that was already launched by the police and someone was arrested that's actually already on my team. What did you want him to do at that point? Les Miles, look, as much as people do love him in Louisiana, he he did some really and my, the term I know it's the Rock used at first, but the term I re- use on my show, what in the Rudy Pooh is that? I mean, <laughs> that's just that's just the truth. Look, I could sit here and go on a rant for days, Peter, about about Les Miles and the craziness that he did. It's never going to change my mind. He ran his program. I would say I don't want to say unsuccessfully, but in a way that people would be kind of questioning if I said on the show. Mm-hmm. But Ed Orgeron has turned that around, and why LSU's national championship last year meant more to people in Louisiana because of everything that Les Miles did around Louisiana and LSU. So, yes, 100% on Les, F. King Alexander, and Joe Lee, the, the former AD. And all those people, by the way, are not here anymore and are not having to answer these questions. And now Coach O has to come out with a statement. And now the player, you know, the, the, I forget the lady that wrote the article – they, they, uh, now she's not going to give up her source. Now, Ed Orgeron said, I didn't make that statement. He didn't make that statement to that player, Peter. I, I, look, it did not happen. I will go on record on your show and will retract it if it did somehow, but I know that it didn't. So, look, Les Miles better get ready because if, you, if he thinks that he's out of the woodwork here, he's not. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, uh, you know, exactly. You know, going back to the Bucks here, a lot of people talked about Michael Divinity Jr. You've seen this kid. What do you think he can bring uh, to that linebacking rotation to get after the quarterback? So, Peter, do you know the story be- between me and Michael Divinity by chance? I do not. Go ahead and okay. tell me, my friend. All right. So, I actually, and you can go look at this in the beginning of last season. I know that Stephen Miller is a guy that's in here watching. Um, I broke a story about Michael Divinity and a couple other players from LSU being suspended for the first game for something that they did off the field and testing uh, positive for. Um, he did ha- he got, got kind of got mad at me a little bit and asked me to retract it, and I told him I wouldn't. Um, so that was the the thing that happened with me and Mike Divinity. Um, in reference to, the, I mean, he sent me a message and sent me a little text that maybe wasn't friendly from a football aspect, from a football aspect. He's a really good outside linebacker that could, and, and maybe defensive end that could give you a really good pass rush. Um, he's not going to wow you like a Devin white off the edge or with the stats, but when it comes to just technique and being able to get after the quarterback and make a play, he's a prototypical third down defensive end that you want to get after the passer He's actually better than the, in the run game than most people give him credit for. Um, he didn't run great in the 40, and I get that, but neither did the Boses. The Boses didn't wow everybody with their with their stats. I'm not saying he's the Bosa, one of the Boses, but I think that he's going to be good, and he's definitely one of those guys who, if he makes the team, Peter, it's going to be on special teams, but he's got some tenacity to him that, I, again, another LSU player that's on the books. Go figure. Can y'all stop drafting these guys for crying out loud? Jeez, I hate saying it. It's like if y'all win, I'm not so mad because all these LSU players are on there. So, But he's a good pass rusher, and I'm glad that he's on a team because, look, he worked very hard to get back to his national championship. And, look, he look he hit Trevor Lawrence and was on Trevor Lawrence in that third quarter, and Trevor couldn't – I think he went one of 12 in that third quarter. Hmm. So, he, I mean, if he can do that against that those caliber of teams – 
he can do really well in the NFL and, and make a name for himself. I know you got to get out of here because you got another show. So I'll, I'll, this will be the last question. Joe Burrow and the impact of not possibly having AJ Green already. There's some hamstring issues. Uh, not the best news for Mr. Burrow, right? No, no. Please, God, Joe, no. AJ Green, you know, I'll I'll give AJ Green my hamstring if I got to. <laughs> okay, please, please just don't let Joe Burrow get killed back there. I think Peter, it's regardless if AJ Green was there or not, you don't have an offensive line that was going to be able to protect him. Um, you're going to have to build on the offensive line. He does have. You know, they drafted wide receiver in the second round, and it's not good. But, man, you hate to see it for Joe, but I think Joe's kind of one of those guys that he's going to he's gonna lead and get the ball out to anybody. You're going to have to make a play. Now, A.J. Green's talented. Hopefully he can come back. But, man, that's going to be tough. Look, and, and even for Tua, look at Tua. He's got both of his wide starting wide receivers that opted out. So uh-huh. that's tough for the both of them. Um, I do think that Joe – you know, Joe's not Joe. Joe's a lot like Peyton and, and Tom now. He ain't going to sit back there and let you hit him. He's going to throw it at the offensive line's butt. But I never remember. I went to a practice, I think maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and he was getting sacked. And he threw the ball as hard as he could at his offensive lineman's butt that just kept giving up sacks. He's not going to he's not going to sit back there and take them hits. He's tough enough. If he's got to, he will. That's not what I'm saying. But I think he's tough and I think he'll be OK. I hope. Hopefully he'll have a good season. Yeah, and I always say this on my show. You draft a franchise quarterback not because of he can make all the throws. Of course, that's a part of it. But also, how does he deal with the adverse situations and what you're telling me right now he's going to be able to deal with it? He may have a lot of adversity with the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll definitely uh, see what happens in 2020. Mr. Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports Talk Show on the Landry Football Network. Go ahead and promote yourself, my friend. Yeah, Peter, always great to come on your show, man. I greatly appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at AYS Sports. That's AYS Sports on Twitter. We go live from 7 to 8, as we mentioned, every single night. You can catch that on Periscope. Facebook Live at RU Serious Sports. We're going to be adding a couple of shows to ours. We have a UFC show that's going to be launching within the next month. We have some other shows that are going to be coming over, too. And as always, guys, there's so much talent like Peter Blake and all these guys on Chris Landry football Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. So guys be on the lookout for everything. And we appreciate you uh, having me on Peter. Thank you. Absolutely. Blake Rafino of are you serious sports talk show <laughs> on the Landry football network. Thanks a lot for your time. Thanks man. Y'all have a good night. All right. There you go. Good stuff there from Blake Rafino open phone line. You guys are quiet tonight. What's going on? What are you guys doing? What are you watching? 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Let's go out to the webheads, talk to you guys here, and we'll talk more about these comments from Bruce Arians about Gronkowski. Are you feeling good about it? You heard Ricky Reynolds, what he said about Tom Brady. All these glowing endorsements. From all these national talking heads, Peter King, oh my God, he's got an arm. Shocker, right? Not really. We told you that here on SportsWeb. We told you that here on Bucks Report. We had no concerns. Guy's 43 years old. Still throw the ball down the field. I mean, it's not like he forgot how to play quarterback. 727 255 0391 and 727 255 0391. 
391. Uh, Deshaun says, I'm ready to see what rookies aside from the obvious. Tristan, but who else will contribute? Uh, Big Blake Anthony says, Divinity makes it. I'm on board with it, but I think Winfield and Vaughn. Well, Vaughn is definitely going to be a part of the equation. And if you didn't hear uh, the news, TJ Logan uh, suffered an injury today. Uh, Patella tendon is going to have surgery on Saturday, according to Greg Allman of The Athletic. So that op opens up the running back room. What do we know? Well, you have Ronald Jones. He's going to be your number one guy. After that, you don't know. Is it Keyshawn Vaughn? Most likely it is. Third round pick. They expect a lot out of him. He ran for uh, 186 yards against an LSU talented defense. He can do a lot of the things that the Bucs want. That maybe Jones is not necessarily good at. We'll see. Catching the ball out of the backfield. Has also that speed burst. Pass protection. You have a little Sean McCoy. Now a Raymond Calais becomes very important, right? Because of what? Missing a TJ Logan. Why do you draft a Calais in the seventh round? Because of special teams. It's important. I'm telling you. Every three facets of the game are important. Offense, defense, and special teams. So that may have been a spot that just opened up for that rookie. Uh, Winfield? I don't know. I, I don't know what you've heard, but it seems like he's kind of behind. And you would expect that, right? Going back to the comments from Bruce Arians, you're going to miss out on 400 reps. 400. That's going to be a toll for a rookie. So you're going to have to see what the impact of that is. So is Winfield going to come in here and be the ball hawk he was from Minnesota? I think he's got the opportunity. Is he going to start right away? Remains to be seen. Certainly seems like Mike Edwards is stepping up, right? Two interceptions for Brady. Got to be excited about that. Here's a player that's drafted out of Kentucky. Has some flashes of brilliance. Plays in the slot. Makes some plays. He's making some plays this year in camp. We'll see if that carries over to the season. 727-255-0391 and 727-255. 255-0391. Khalil Davis. Uh, Bucks signed Love. What do you think about that move? Haven't really talked about that. Depth. Under the radar signing, it's depth. Gotta have it. All right, Winston can definitely throw it away. Uh, that was the problem, Christopher says. I see how much weight Winston has lost, and if it gets hit as much as he did last year, he'll get injured. That was the point of why he put on the weight in the first place. Body armor, right? 240, 250, exactly. Uh, let's see, Saints quarterback uh, don't normally get sacked as much as we do. Well, that would be a problem. That that has to improve. Uh, we sit here and talk about this every night. That's one of the biggest keys to this Bucks team is their offensive line. The 47 sacks that they gave up last year, was that a product of Winston? According to Chris Landry, it was because he held the ball too long. That offensive line is not perfect by any means. Right? No, there's no, there's no, there's not perfection. It's not, it's not there yet. Donovan Smith on the left side, he has to work on it. Ali Marpet is becoming the player that a lot of Bucks fans want him to become. Could be a Pro Bowler eventually. Center Ryan Jensen has gotten better. He's only going to get better, I believe. Alex Kappa playing through the injury, night and day. Right? Caleb Beninock starting at the right guard. Alex Kappa, what a difference. 
<laughs> and then uh, the whole wild card in this, can Tristan Worfs be your starting right tackle? Certainly seems like he's going to have every opportunity. Right? Certainly seems like it. Can a rookie come in right away and make an impact? With not having those reps, it's going to be something to watch. It's going to be interesting. We're going to figure it out real soon. September 13th is right around the corner. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. Let's go out to the phone lines. Welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. You're on the Sports Web Bucks edition on the Landry Football Network. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Deshaun Tisdale calling from Gwinnett County, Georgia. What's hey, going man. on, buddy? How you doing? Welcome back. Hey, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Hey, I just wanted to call in and, and just kind of get to it about those facts. I mean, listen, I know we got to protect Tom Brady this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, the fact that you just had uh, a Saints, you know, representative on there, if you will, and with uh, what that defense event said as soon as Jonathan Smith got signed of how it's time to eat, come on back. Listen, Jonathan Smith, I'm wondering if we would have, obviously, I, I'm going to say, hey, he, He's not in the tub, like Altec, uh says a lot. Hey, he's here. He's available. Sure. But sometimes he's given up some really bad facts where yes, it looks like lackluster effort. It and, is, you and know, that you, that drives you crazy about Smith because coming out of Penn State, he had all this potential, right? Right tackle. That's they move it. to the left tackle. He's got to put out 100% effort. I'm going to tell you right now, Deshaun, if he doesn't do it, Brady is going to be up in his grill, and that is the Brady effect. Right? I can see, see it. I'm thinking that not only will Brady be in his grill, I think a lot of the players that – I think I think right now the fact that they're in camp and they're seeing you – know, listen, we're, we're, we've, been, we've been at this for a while. We've been at this the entire time that James is here. Mm-hmm. We've seen him not be great at, at camp. Yep. I haven't heard any time heads or tails of that with Tom Brady pretty much throughout his career that he's not on point, he's not throwing dimes, he's not doing whatever. And to be honest with you, don't think that other NFL coaches are not just like Sean Payton. Prior to, I think maybe yesterday or so, mm-hmm. I did, uh, a couple of passes to Mike that they were highlighting. I didn't see any deep balls by Tom Brady. Everything they showed was short, in cuts, out cuts, uh, you know, quick slants or running back passes. They didn't show anything deep. They made two or three catches to Mike Brady that you saw, mm-hmm. which are really only on the 30, but those are like the longest passes. Now, that doesn't mean they're not doing them. They're just not putting them out here. Correct. Because they would love for everyone to believe that, hey, he's not throwing deep. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take it and say, listen, right now, he's going to go deep. When he had Randy Moss, he threw the ball. When those receivers left and he didn't have that quality of receiver, yeah. he didn't go deep. Yeah. He's not. He's he's, he's not going to force it. I think Jameis was getting real. Was channeling his inner Troy Aikman, where he would, would he where he would throw to Mike and just let Mike do jump balls. Mm-hmm. And Mike got better, uh, better route running last year. He was a much better route runner. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I don't like when Mike is not as physical. It's one of the reasons why I'll say Mike is definitely top five, mm-hmm. but I don't put him at like the number one because. I'll watch Julio run quick slants. He runs every route on the route tree. Sure. Mike tends to, he's, he's gotten better running routes. And you, we watch his maceration, but 
he doesn't always, he has not always run the, the most crisp route. That's not been his thing. He's used his size. I think after, you know, he's, he's gotten smarter to, to learn to, you know, use his size in situations and, and his route running has become better, which is going to make him a better complete receiver, which he has been. And I think it'll be a tremendous challenge if he gets another year of 1,000 yards. I just don't know if he can do it, Pete. Well, I tell you right now, I wouldn't rule him out because just looking at his comments, and he's already said it, you know, Brady's ball placement is really good. That's going to help out in his yak. And if you don't know what yak is out there, guys, in Webhead land, uh, yards after catch. And even Evans knows he has to improve on that. And consequently, Brady being a quarterback for his wide receivers, the yak has always been high. So some people, uh, some fans, complain about the yak not necessarily being that great with a Mike Evans. I mean, that's, that's Mike. He's, Mike is Mike is kind of Roddy. Now, later in Roddy White's career, you mm-hmm. know, we've seen it enough. Sure. He would catch and go down like a lot of older receivers do. But Mike has historically, I think some of the the, the fact that Mike doesn't, not his, he's not a tremendous yak receiver has to do with one the routes that he runs right. and the routes that he catches there are a lot of jump balls well guess what in most cases you're doing a jump ball that corner might not be able to stop you when you're taking a six five frame up and jumping at maybe a you know a, a nine maybe even ten foot with your arms extended but guess what when you come down you're getting tackled or you're getting knocked out of bounds so sure. no he doesn't get that much yet but I would imagine as I saw him run better routes last year, and Chris Godwin, which is not necessarily the the opposing, uh, he doesn't bring that physical nature that just kind of scares people. Even though he's a pretty, he, he he has really good size, he's a much better route runner, and I also think that he he actually does get a lot of yak because of it. And we've seen that, but I think he, you know he's had some mistakes last year. I don't think. Any of the receivers with so many options are going to have as many mistakes because mm-hmm. James. I mean, we've we've watched the pregames or or those Thursday shows or Friday uh, <laughs> press conferences before games and right. heard James says he's going to go to this person early and then watch the defense jump him. Right, you're not going to get that out of Tom. Brady. No, you're not going to those those are stupid interceptions to me. Like, okay, we got that you're going to go to him. Listen, we know. You know, thinking, knowing that Michael Thomas is going to get the ball and you can't stop him, it's like, dude, you don't have to go to Mike first play, quick slant. Thank you. It's not going to get jumped against That's Carolina because you know James Bradbury <laughs> is on the other side and you know that everybody's looking for it. And that's the mind numbing mistakes that Winston made throughout his career that Brady's not going to. And I don't mean to kill Winston because I've been a defender on it, but. It's like night and day. You know that Brady's going to be able to spread the ball around. You also believe that he's going to be able to take advantage of an Evans because of what you just talked about with his relationship with the Randy Moss. When is the last time Tom Brady has had an elite wide receiver like a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin? You have to say Evans is elite because six straight thousand-yard oh, seasons? I mean, he, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, he could be better. He could get better here with a better quarterback. And I think that's what people are not looking at. They keep on saying, well, because he's going to spread it around to a Gronkowski and an OJ Howard and a Godwin, that's going to take away from an Evans. If you really truly believe that, then I think you're nuts because he's going to be trying to feed it to Evans, but he's not going to force it. 
in that same breath, right, he's going to have better. I think he's going to also have better ball placement. And I think that's important to go back to that whole yak argument. Ball placement is always, there's always like, you know, I think I'm watching what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of things that Tom likes already in place. He has a plethora of wide receivers. Sure. You know, SAT word right there. Oh, very nice. Uh, Very nice. Leo Leo word. He has, he has has a plethora of them. And then, so so if one goes down, there's there's so many tight ends here. We're not even talking about Tanner Hudson. He's just getting completely outshined. But guess what he's doing? He's under contract. We're going to have him for a while. If Grunk is gone, he'll be able to step up later. I mean, we lost one of the tight ends that were kind of in our stable. But, you know, we'll have OJ. We'll have we'll have Tanner Hudson. Even if OJ and Great were to leave after a Super Bowl or something of that nature, we're not starting from scratch mm-hmm. because – Tanner Hudson's sitting in that room just absorbing all of this this tight end greatness that's there with him. And he's already a pretty good – he gets open and he catches the ball. So there's no issue there. And I think also you look at how many running backs they've put here for Tom Brady when Tom Brady's one of the check down kings. You know, he's, and when you check down to a Shady or to a Vaughn or, or, or to a uh, Khalid, I mean, that's going to be something. And yep. it's not – not to say that Ronald Jones wasn't bad catching the ball when we when we gave it to him last year. A little bit excited, but but now he, he you know he's I think he, he has that next year under his belt. He really wasn't used the first year, mm-hmm. honestly. No, um, he wasn't. I mean, you you, you, you you can't a guy that gets seventy seven total yards in his first year and doesn't know his playbook. You can't even count it. It's like a red shirt year. You, you see what better coaching does for him. And I feel like, once again, I keep on saying this. I'm going to make a shirt of it here, Deshaun. A victim of volume. <laughs> that is what Ronald Jones was last year. And I feel like that volume has to pick up because, again, the sky's the limit. There are a lot of young players on this team, especially in that running back room. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn, a lot of people just assume Vaughn is going to take that job. But Jones has been committed in the offseason, put on weight. He's 220 now. Uh, he's all muscle. Yeah, he's muscle. Yeah, he's muscle. yes, and he's worked on catching you, the, the ball. The person that I'm scared for, I'm going to tell you, Pete. The person I'm kind of a little bit nervous for in the running back group mm-hmm. is actually um um right. here um Brockway. Yep, because I I think that you know he was great for us last year, but as the team transition, as the composition of the, of the team transitions, the running back group as a whole. You know, Ronald Jones knows that, listen, the reason that I was being taken out was because I I could not pick up the block mm-hmm. like I need to. Peyton Barber's thing was never, he was never a better running back or runner for, than, than Jones. He was, he was stable. He was tough. He was, you know, he was going to, he was going to get you his yards. He's not particularly big, but when you get Ronald Jones adding the same, you know, now putting on that muscle and being the same weight that he is, but still with the cut, still with the burst. Peyton Barber didn't have that burst. He was, he was, a, he, he just wasn't that. He was, he was never going to be that. He was never going to, you know, tote it as that back. Um, so I think that right now, all the running backs that you have, Dyer, he's, he's now he's looking at, oh, I'm just a blocker. Or when you come in, we know it's a pack. Mm-hmm. So now the offense is once again, and that's going to be something that Bruce Arians and them, when they, when they see it on film, if it happens, he has to develop. I don't know what he's done. You know, obviously the, the life's not on him. You don't know if he's, you know, done anything particular different uh, in the offseason. But if he's the player that he was last year, he then now becomes more of a casualty when you have 
okay, you know, we just lost Logan. Mm-hmm. Now guess what? One of those one of those running backs that also returns because we got a little snippet. We got a little snippet of number ten last year returning balls, and you know, I think he has to worry about his wide receiver three spot. He can't he can't go back there and turn kicks <laughs> and do that. I, you know, right. that's not what what Scotty's going to do because Scotty gets injured. Yeah, if Scotty was a, a Devin Hester type where you know you can hit me and I pop back up, that'd be different. But Scotty gets injured, so if he's if you know Scotty has to take it and you know just just put it on the line like listen what do i want to go in the bill of sale right here does he want it to be that i'm going to try to you know uh help the team which obviously everyone's to say yes but no i think he's going to make a business decision and be like no i don't really want to go back there and return punts and return kicks and and risk getting injured when i already have jones right here chomping at the bit for number three spot uh uh, watson got faster lost weight he's chomping for number three spot you know look B.A. didn't really like Watson last year. I'll be the first to say it, in my opinion, based on the way he was played. But now I'm only hearing great things coming out the camp about him. You know, so I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about it. Hey, just like I said in the comments, I'm, I'm gonna get <laughs> off here, Pete. But I wanna, I wanna get this from you, and I'll listen to the response in the webhead. Okay. Hey, this defense right now, we're talking a lot, and we're talking a ton about offense. But just as I know Blake Anthony, I know Johnny Dean's out there listening. Listen, we all are watching it. They're picking a lot of rotational D linemen up. I think they have a, a, a real good stable of outside linebackers to get at a lot of these passing teams or when teams get in trouble and are forced to pass against us. And the secondary is looking good. I think we could, and I want to say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Mm-hmm. I think we can be a really scary defense. I'll, I'll get off and listen to what everybody has to say, but I'm, I'm starting to have that. Mm, I'm starting to get that Super Bowl defense feeling. Yep. Like we're going to come around. Our guys are going to be gelling. If you remember when we went to the Super Bowl, our second, it was really our defensive front was consistently doing what they were doing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until our secondary started to gel. And when we had Brian Kelly and he was kind of back here anchoring stuff and, and then you had Lynch, you needed a counterpart next to you know, to run that defense. And once you got those two safeties back here and corners that could hold up, you just saw the defense just move a lot better. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on the defense right now. I know the offense is going to do what they do. Um, I'll get off and listen to what you got to say. Go Bucks! All right, good stuff, Deshaun. Let's fire those cannons, too. Good call. Great call, my friend. Absolutely killed it. Definitely call back here. Uh, you're right. I- I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on that, too. You know, big time helping of Kool-Aid with the uh, sugar. Uh, But I I like the defense. I like the secondary, and I think it's all predicated on the consistency of that pass rush. If you can get that from a JPP and a Shaq, the sky's the limit. Let's go out to the phone lines. Johnny Dean, welcome to the evolution of Sports Talk Television. Yeah, uh, I've been drinking that defensive Kool-Aid since last year. Mm -hmm. I liked what they brought it. I just knew it was going to take a year for them to mature. Okay. Um, but I do have to say something about Dari. Sure. This goes back to what me and Ricky were talking about earlier. The the muscle memory, the the reaction thing. Sure. Dare Ugumbawale is the number two running back. Get used to it. He's not going anywhere because there's nobody up there right now that's going to take his spot. He 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 this year is his year of knowing everything that's going to happen. He might not have that pizzazz that everybody wants, but he's got reliability and that's something that Arians want. Whether anybody else wants it or not, Arians <laughs> wants to be able to depend on somebody out there on that field. 
and he can depend on Dari. Do you think he can depend on Dari enough to overlook a guy like a Keyshawn Vaughn or even LaShawn McCoy? I, I kind of feel like with the Logan injury now, Dari may make the team, but I still think there is he's in danger of not making this team. But you're right. He does know the system. Maybe Coach Arians can depend on him. But once again, you don't draft a Vaughn and a Calais because you put money on it, dude. I guarantee Dari is <laughs> on this team this season. There's okay. nobody that's got that muscle memory yet. Okay. They're, they're, and and Dare has not disappointed Arians in any way. So he's not cutting him unless somebody just comes out and slap beats him out in the playbook. Well, you may be right about that because he has the advantage of knowing the system, being in a second year of this, and then also and he's not gonna have to think about it. Right. He's not that's what we were talking about. That's what me and Ricky were talking about. It's the muscle memory. He he knows it by heart. He can now now this year he'll be able to go out there and just react. Instead mm -hmm. of thinking about what he's doing, he'll be reacting to it. And hopefully that's what Rojo's going to do this year. Well, Rojo is definitely on track. I mean, he seems like he's a different player day and night from the first year he came in. Uh, he's definitely, you know, been able to get his body right, make a commitment to the game, not only, you know, physically, but also mentally, learning the playbook, learning how to catch. He's put a lot of hard work in, and this is what you've heard from Coach Arians about Jones, how he's put in the work. It's starting to pay off. We believe in him. Jason Light said he believes in him. Even though you draft a Keyshawn Vaughn, I feel like that's an opportunity where you, you have to have two or three running backs in this league. So with everybody talking about, well, Dari may be out of here. No, most likely not, because like you said, he does know this offense, and he is an experienced running back. Now, uh, is he always on the, the right page with the quarterback and this offense running routes and being in the right place at the right time? I'm not so sure about that. So he's got to improve and he's going to be pushed this year by a Vaughn, by a Calais, and of course a McCoy. And I feel like the Bucks have a really good situation here and how they're going to use these running backs, especially a McCoy on a third down because you know that Brady likes to throw to all these running backs. So every running back in this room is going to get the opportunity, especially when they make this team to catch balls from Brady because he loves to throw to his running backs. And that's another facet of this offense that you really have not seen in the last couple of years. You didn't see Winston check down. You've seen Winston chuck it up. And then when he tried to check it down in the screen game to Adare, Dari was not in the right place at the right time. Well, I could carry that whole muscle memory thing over to Winston too because Winston was constantly thinking it never became muscle memory for sure him. And I mean it might be because they changed offenses I'm or Cotter had the same offense basically the whole time he was there so I don't understand why it never well I, I think the offense was a little bit different with Dirk Cotter I think it was a little bit different it was more run based with a Lovey Smith which is the reason why you drafted Winston in the first place because of the pass play action and then predominantly it more it went more pass heavy. And if you want to know a reason why it went more pass heavy, that's the reason why you drafted OJ Howard. You're trying to spread everybody out with two tight end sets and stuff like that instead of drafting a running back to take the pressure. That's neither here nor there. We've been down that road before, but I definitely think the offense changed. If you have a Lovey Smith in there, um, he's able uh, to basically get into Cutter's I'm, ear. I'm not even, I wasn't even talking about it either. I'm talking about muscle memory. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You've been talking example. too much about muscle memory. I'm talking about running the offense the way it is. So whenever he says, well, you had the same offense, the muscle memory offense, he didn't have the same offense with Dirk Cutter. It was a totally different offense. It was more pass-based than run-based. It was more balanced with the Lovey Smith. I will give credit to where credit is due with Smith and running that offense. I think that helped out Winston 
uh, instead of hurt him like Cutter did. So. Yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah, with Smith. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I was making sure you were talking about Smith and not Cutter. No, nah, I wasn't talking about Cutter. I'm talking about Cutter at all. He's an <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. You know what is he going to do this year with that <laughs> offense? And Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, all those big-time expectations with Ridley and how they're going to win the division. With Dirk Hutter's offense, it's it's hot and cold, my friend. It's not consistent, and it's based too much on the passing game. Now, does Todd Gurley add to that? We'll see. He's beaten up a little how bit. are we talking about Todd Gurley now? Where did this go? Todd Gurley in that <laughs> running game with Dirk <laughs> Hutter. Is he going to run him? Is he going to run him? Is Dirk Cutter going to use it? When has Dirk Cutter had a running back where he's been successful? Hey, hey, Peter. Yeah. Did you see that toe drag swag from Evans today? I did, man. It was nice. Was that sweet? It was sweet. It's absolutely sweet to see Mike Evans catch the ball from Tom Brady and Mike Evans say he's trying to make me a legend. Uh, I tell you right now, he gets another thousand yards. See, he's he surpassed Randy Moss, and the sky's the limit for that guy. It really is. I mean, he's still young too. It's not like he's old or over the hill. Was he twenty seven? Yeah, you didn't watch that video tonight, did you? I didn't get a chance to see in the current, but I, I just take your word for it. It was sweet. Oh man, when Brady's telling them guys how their their routes are so good and shit, Johnny he, Dean, he, how am he, I? He, wait a minute, how am I supposed to watch in the current from Buccaneers dot com when I got to do show prep and carry a show and get guests on so I can talk to you knuckleheads, huh? Well, that is show prep, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's some people. <laughs> you, can would, on, hey, you can have it on right behind you right now. Yeah. That oh, weird, oh, that would be good. I, I guarantee people would really love that. Oh, we would be getting killed for that. Oh, what are you showing? Bookaneers.com. <laughs> I'm showing NFL Network. Some lady just came in and said that that uh, the TV is distracting. The TV? What do you mean the TV is distracting? I'm distracting. Pay attention to me on the camera right now. Johnny Dean, anything else? Nothing else. You're going to get some music lessons from uh, Sam Ash there? I'm going to get some music lessons from Sam Ash, uh, you jackass. Of course, Sam. But I'm going to fire these cannons right now because that was a good call. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you. All right. There you go. Johnny Dean, the professor. Open phone line 727-255-0391. Let's go out to our guests. A little bit late tonight, but trying to read all the webhead comments, take some phone calls. Mr. TJ Pittenger of the Big Three Roll Up right now, probably watching some NBA basketball, right, my friend? Thanks a lot for sacrificing your NBA team. The evolution. The uh, Lakers seem like they sacrificed game one so they can come out and blow out Portland tonight. So it's all good. How are you doing? Uh, it's a little bit, yeah, I don't know what's going on. The sound. Is, hear me? No, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's not good. Yeah, let me put let me put you in the lobby there. We're having some problems with TJ sound, so we'll get that worked out. Don't want that to happen. Let's see if we can get him back on here again. But uh goes back to Deshaun's comments about the defense. I believe in it. And it's been overlooked. Big time. And they got a lot of young pieces in that secondary. And you can either be a little bit afraid of it. Afraid's probably not the good word. You're you're probably tentative because you've seen these expectations before, but these are guys that are young. They got that year of experience in Todd Bowles' system, so I think they're going to be better off for it. All right, let's go out to TJ. Let's see if we corrected the sound. TJ, you there? We any better now? 
Oh, way, way better, buddy. And you've got a new podcast, not only in the big three roll-up, but what is this new podcast that made me hungry last week in case anybody missed it out there, the webheads? What is this new podcast you're talking about? Yeah, so started a new podcast with a buddy of mine, Richie Barnes, in um, Florida State, fullback from 2013 to 17, Freddie Stevenson, called Double Fries, No Slaw. Um, it's an ode to Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Uh, talking all things Florida State. Actually, though, we had Barris Leon from CBS Sports this week and really talked about all three of the big the big programs in Florida. So uh, mostly Florida State stuff, but, yeah, the uh, every time I wear the T-shirt, I want to go down to the Guthrie's that they just built in South Tampa. So I'm, I'm right there with you on it. I've never been there before, but it sounds like a place you could definitely go and eat. Uh, I like the whole uh, no coleslaw. We talked about the vegetable issue there. Uh, but it looks like Florida State is going to have some tailgating, uh, according to uh, David Colburn. Looking at the comments right now, trying to find these comments, but um, you know they're they're basically going to have tailgating. What is your thought process on that? Do you feel like uh, that's the best decision uh, for them and for their fans? I think it is, um, and the reason why is because if you don't allow tailgating. People will just go tailgate on their own, right? Like there's a tailgate off campus. And so if you allow it, you can control somewhat how it happens, the number of cars you're letting in certain places. And if you don't, again, people are just going to start to gather before the games. I mean, people park on campus, people park right across from the stadium. They're just going to pull out their grills behind the behind the car and, and tailgate. It's just what people do. So if you if you allow it you can somewhat control it you can somewhat put in rules and stuff like that to keep it more monitored hey I, i'm you know i'm not the the expert on the virus and things like that but if you're tailgating outdoors with the people that you came with and are going to the game with or people that you're comfortable being around you know then great tailgate if you don't want to tailgate uh stay home don't go tailgate you know but the people that want to let them do it. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's the right decision. And he had to say this. This was David Coburn of FSU. We are glad to be able to offer tailgating to our fans for the 2020 football season, and we realize that it is an important part of the game day experience for many of the ticket holders. Once again, this article states that they're going to be six feet apart, social distancing, and wearing a mask. So you're exactly right. What did Florida State do today to add to their schedule on October 3rd, which, by the way, is my birthday just saying who did they add to that schedule and what do you think of that ad so i think you're going to be happy on your birthday with uh, florida state's result added jacksonville state um, not a super super tough game although in 2009 we played them and only won 19 to 9 so that wasn't um very fun at all i i, I like the ad i like that they um have a somewhat easy game i think the sanford game would have been pretty easy um I don't love the week that this is. They were playing that Sanford game kind of week two, um, another tune-up before they play Miami, but now they'll have the bye before Miami. So I don't love the week placement, um, but I think that just because of other teams' schedules and trying to find uh, weeks that worked and conferences that were allowed to play, you know, the SEC is not allowed to play anybody else, the Big 12, this, that, the other. I think you just kind of take what you can get. So – it's a good ad. It's, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Florida State needs as many good things to go right for them as possible. And so 
Um, oh, any win is a good win for Florida State after the last two, three years. So I'm, I'm all for it. I like the game. Absolutely, and they have Miami, I believe, on September 26th. So that's going to be a big one. Uh, they may have a chance in that game, depending on what's going on with that program. Has things kind of settled down a little bit? What's the latest with FSU, their coaching, and their players? Has everything gotten back to normal now with everything having to do with Twitter and, and Scary Terry and everything like that? Seems like it. They went on a kind of a team retreat or team outing Um Last night, yesterday, I actually went up to Georgia, um, right. which is just right across, I mean, not not far from Tallahassee. So that's not like a crazy trip or anything. And then they, it looks like they had work done in today. I was just kind of checking some stuff out and he came and spoke to the team. So, I mean, I think it's important to embrace those um, legends of the program that have not only been amazing on the field, but we all know about work done off the field. Mm. I mean, he's certainly been. Um, you know, probably the greatest buck to, to ever play as far as off the field goes, the greatest Noel ever play as he may have been the greatest guy to ever be in the NFL as far as off the field goes, like what he's done. So great to get him back and, and have those those old legends, I think, um, embrace the team and, and let those younger guys learn from him. And it's a huge thing too, because you know, Taggart took some guys that have questionable, you know, just question questionable whatever, right? Like just maybe not the best locker room guys. And mm -hmm. so if anybody's going to be able to get you through to those guys, it's probably not the brand new coach that they didn't sign up to play for. You know, you'd think maybe the FSU legends can can kind of um, rally around the team and, and be there for them and stuff as somebody they can reach out to and different things like that. So, you know, I like the move to obviously bring back anybody that has the status of work done for sure. Yeah, especially with Don in his past, losing his mother when he was 16 years old, taking care of his family. Absolutely amazing. We're on with TJ Pittenger of the Big Three Roll-Up uh, and the new podcast again. What's it called? Double Fries, No Slaw. Double Fries, No Slaw. Definitely give them a follow. Uh, and, and that is uh, a tribute to Guthrie's, which uh, I guess is in South Tampa. So we definitely got to. Uh, visit there sometime, have some food. Uh, what you're watching right now is the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Let's talk about the SEC schools, SEC schools according to CBSSportsLine.com. Uh, they're planning on fans attending 20 to 25%, which how it will break down for Missouri, 16,000, uh, Mississippi State and Alabama, uh, and excuse me, Al Mississippi State, Alabama, and Auburn are going to do 20%, Arkansas, 23, Georgia, 20. Uh, no word on what Florida's going to do. You know, maybe fans won't show up. That would be a good thing. Uh, who wants to show up and watch the Florida Gators in the swamp? Just saying. Um, but are you surprised that the SEC uh, not only has a plan, they're going forward with the season, but also having fans? It's kind of nice, right? I think so, too. I mean, again, you know, these colleges don't make money if, if fans don't come to the games, right? Like, you know, there, there are TV contracts and things like that, but – I saw a stat, and I don't want to misquote it, but just the revenue disparity between how much money the NBA makes – I'm sorry, the NBA – the NFL makes from fans in the stands, it doesn't really matter at all because of the revenue sharing. And the um, colleges from having fans in the stands. So I think it's very vital. It's very crucial for them to have fans in the stands. I also think that it very much adds to just the – the college football game itself, you know, I think there are certain crowds that in the NFL, you, you really think about their fan base and, and having fans in the stands. But I think that 
fans are just so crucial to the college game and what they do. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that they are again, you know, these are a hundred thousand people stadiums. And I mean, really, if you just t- even take that away, if, if it's a quarter capacity, you've got three seats separating every single person. And probably more than that, if people come in groups, I would imagine it's like restaurants. If you go in a group of eight and you show up together, those eight people can sit together. And so then you've got, you know, you've essentially got eight people there in a, in a chain of 32 seats around them, give or take, right? Like, so uh, yeah, I think it's the right move to, to have fans, to distance them out, to spread them out so that you're not right up on top of somebody else. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's the right move to, to do that for sure. I absolutely think it's the right move. And you look at Big Ten, they've taken a different approach uh, saying, and I believe this is Ken Warren, uh, presidents and chancellors have uh, overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited. Is that a mistake for them being so stubborn and, and saying, you know what, we want to play sports uh, in the spring instead of kind of revisiting like a lot of NFL teams are with the fans saying, you know what, there's players that want to play. There's coaches that want to play. Why can't we take another look at this? Why do we have to be so stubborn in our ways and not have any football in the Big Ten? Yeah, I don't buy. Yeah, I think it is a mistake by the Big Ten. Um, I think the Big Ten thinks that they're, you know, no pun intended, bigger than they are, and thinks that they could could have conned uh, the SEC and the ACC and you know um, these other conferences into postponing their season as well or jumping on their bandwagon and, and not playing just like they're not. Um, you can't tell me that postponing a, a season to the spring and having college kids play, what, 20, 24 games in a calendar year is is what's safe. Um, you know, playing 10, 12 games in the spring and then playing that again in the fall. I mean, there's no way that's safety or health for anybody's body. Michigan did a fantastic job with their testing um, and and not having positive cases. And so, you know, I I understand what it's about. It's about politics. Like this virus has so much become one way or the other, no matter what you think about the virus, it's, it's become political and it's about liability. And so because of those two things, the big 10 is coming out and saying, Oh, this is about player safety. Again, making 19 year olds play 24, I'm making 30-year-olds play 24 football games in a in a year from you know February to November is is not has nothing to do with player safety. Um, so yeah, I think the Big Ten 100% has egg on their face. 100% is making a mistake um, with this stance. I don't think the the spring season. I don't think you can play football in Michigan in February. Um, so I don't I don't think it even goes through or happens. And then you know if you're if you're a prospect. Um, who could potentially um, go to the NFL, you're not playing um, spring football. Justin Fields and and the guys that are going to be drafted are not playing spring football in a season that doesn't matter. I mean, is the Big Ten just going to play themselves and and play a round-robin 10 games and then crown a Big Ten champion and be done? Like, who even cares? Uh, Yes, Ohio State's going to win that again because the conference is terrible. Like, what is the incentive to play that? rest up for next year and play next year when you can, I mean, if I'm Michigan, why am I playing that? You know, if I'm, you know, so yeah, I think it's stupid. And I think the big 10's idiotic for, for doing it. 
Yeah, and we're on with TJ Pittenger, the big three roll-up, of course, newest podcast here, Double Fries, No Slaw, here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Are you surprised with all the injuries early we've had here? Gerald McCoy goes out the other day. Jalen Hurd with an injury. Now we find out that Tyreek Hill has hamstring injury. Sammy Watkins. I mean, this could be something you would have to watch for, especially being a Bucks fan with the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with their previous hamstring problems, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little surprising, but then when you really like think into it, it it's not very surprising. Um, just because the the camps and what we would typically see in in football, the slow ease into it just has is different this year. Um, they took longer off. They weren't able to. I mean, it's just so so different. Their bodies get in a routine and a rhythm. And I don't know what. And I'm not saying the people that got hurt, you know, necessarily were 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 not taking care of themselves. But I don't know what their training routines look like um i don't know who had access to trainers and facilities at their home when they couldn't obviously go to the the team facilities and the gyms in their state and stuff were shut down so yeah i don't think it's i think it's surprising when you first think about it but then it's like yeah it kind of makes sense like are are these guys as regimented as they would have been you know without a global pandemic going on so yeah, yeah i i i think that we should not should expect more, but would not be surprised if we get more and hope that, you know, Evans and Godwin are in a bubble, you know, until uh, our first game. You remember Jameis threw a touchdown to um, Evans in our, whatever that would have been, our 13th game. Yep. So starting the last quarter of the season, and he was out after that, and Jameis didn't have Evans or Godwin for the rest of the season. And I, it, I'm telling you, that'd be a bad way for Brady to come in and start this um, little tenure is if obviously we lost both of them, but if we lost one of them, it'd it'd be pretty tough too. So um, yeah, yeah, put them in bubble wrap and, and let's get to week one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what everybody wants to do here. TJ's get to week one versus the saints. And it certainly seems like the saints uh, have their own injuries here, especially with the Andres Pete. What do you think the impact of that is? Cause I talked to Blake Rafino. He said, Pete, you know, he's not great in pass protection, but once again, you look at that position of playing left guard, you're going to have to face Avita Vea and Adamican Sue. That's definitely an advantage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into week one if Pete doesn't play. Yeah, for sure. I think the Bucs defensive line is, you know, the strength of their defense, right? And, and the pressure, certainly the front seven. I heard you talking about the um, secondary just before I came on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be a huge advantage um, for us if that was to happen. I mean, not it, you know, I trust Breeze so much um, just because I've watched him just kill us for years, you know. So, so I do trust Breeze to to recognize coverages, um, recognize um, schemes and blitzes and stunts and stuff like that that are coming, and be able to still do a pretty good job of getting rid of the ball. Dumping it off, I, I'm I'm a, I'd almost rather Breeze throw long to Thomas every time than Alvin Kamara ever touch the ball, um, <laughs> just because he scares the absolute crap out of me. But uh, you know, I think it will. It'll be a plus for the Bucks. I don't think it'll be just absolutely massive because I think there's still a lot of weapons on on that New Orleans team. And and again, I really trust uh, Drew Breeze to 
to recognize things and, and still be able to move them forward. So I still think that's going to be a very tough game week one. And But I think it should be a good game. I think it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, very fun. And, uh, you know, talking to Blake about this, he sees some decline in Drew Brees. In fact, he's saying what he saw in practice. Uh, he's not really throwing deep that much. Uh, the opposite is true of Tom Brady. Are you surprised by – uh, you know, all the hype now with Tom Brady because all the national pundits were talking about, you know, Tom Brady can't throw the ball deep anymore. You see that his arm strength is even better, uh, maybe than it's ever been because he's had time to work on it. He's been working on it in the offseason. And then to the Breeze thing, do you buy that? You've watched Breeze uh, the last couple of years. Do you believe there's some type of decline? And is that why he's walking away from the Saints after this year? Because he is on a decline. I think that there's a really good chance that Blake Rufino is on New Orleans's payroll and they are trying to hoodwink everybody. Um, no, I think that there's probably, I mean, I think the same decline that you've kind of seen with Brady in, in New England, you, you probably could expect from Breeze too. He wasn't as great as, as he has been in the past last year. And I think that only continues to, his decline and continues to increase. Now I'm all for Brady getting down here and, and showing signs of the youth and throwing the deep ball and stuff like that. Very interested to see that in game footage, right? Like in game time, yeah. you know, Michael Thomas led the league in like seven yard slants. So I, you know, and, and so um, breeze being able to go deep or not being able to go deep. I mean, again, I think that, both he and Brady are so, so comfortable taking the the four to nine-yard passes and not having to go super deep and just nickeling and diving you down the field and, and winning games like that. So I think that both of them are really good with that. We've seen in their careers, I mean, we've seen both of them just absolutely toss the fire out of the ball at times. But I think they're both – I think they both are smart enough to be able to play within themselves. And so – you know, if if Breeze can't get the deep ball, if Brady can, if if roles are reversed and one can, one can't, I think they're both still two top five quarterbacks in the league and will play like it, you know, and, and will do what they can. Um, but I'm excited. I'm 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 very cautiously optimistic. I feel like the the hype for me gets really high on uh the Bucks every year and then we we end up going seven and nine, but I'm very cautiously optimistic and um you know, hope that hope that you know what we're seeing out of camp because Jameis made all the throws in camp too. I mean, I I do want to say that like Jameis was fantastic in camp, right? Um, obviously, the Bucks secondary hasn't been super strong, so maybe it's really easy to be fantastic in camp against the Bucks secondary um, in in years prior. So um, obviously, led the league in in touchdowns or uh, yards and interceptions too. So I mean, good when it's good, bad when it's bad. So I, I'm very interested to see Brady do it in live time because, again, Jameis was great against our camp defense too. So Yeah, what, what do you make of Bruce Arians' comments saying that uh, Gronkowski looks like uh, you know five, six years ago? Do you buy that? And then Gronk coming out today and saying you know everything is starting to slow down. He's getting more comfortable in this offense. And he doesn't anticipate really giving up any snaps. He wants to play every snap, but he'll leave that up to the coaches. How do you feel about both of those comments from both of those guys? Uh, Arians is a coach, and coaches practice coach speak all the time. So I don't know that I believe anything that you know any coach in that position says. Not not necessarily just Bruce, right? Um, 
So, yeah, I don't believe that. I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong on this. Again, week one, if he has three touchdowns, um, I'd love to be, again, proven wrong with him having 150 yards and three touchdowns just going over the middle all day against New Orleans. I just have never seen a player take a year off and revert to form from their absolute prime. I mean, when Michael Vick took time off in a federal prison, he came back and was still really good, but he wasn't Atlanta Falcons prime Michael Vick good, you know? And so, and he didn't even have the injuries. He just had to sit out, you know, and, and be in jail. So, uh, are we, am I really to think that with all the injuries and stuff, Gronk had like, he's really back to 2013 shape. I don't know that that seems a little far-fetched, but if Gronk can play every down and he's our best option and his body does hold up, let's go because he's great. He has the chemistry with Brady. Um, I'm all for it. I don't know that I'm buying it just yet, but maybe that's just the pessimist in me. But again, if he can, let's roll because if I can get, you know, if I can get 40 snaps a game with Gronk Evans and Godwin on the field, I am all for that all year. I mean, let's roll with it. Yeah, and he was, it was mentioned today he's not wearing that big elbow pad, so maybe that's something to it. I know you're watching the NBA, so I'm going to get you to that game. What's going on right now with the Lakers? Dame goes for 34 in game one. Are the Lakers in trouble in this series, in your opinion? No, not at all. I think they end up winning this in five or six. You know, there's no home court advantage. You don't have to go up to Portland and play. I thought the Lakers played absolutely terrible on uh, whatever day. I don't even know what today is. Uh, Tuesday night during yeah. game one. Um, trailed the entire game. Finally came back and took the lead. They were up by six with five minutes to go. And uh, AD and LeBron missed four straight free throws. Ended up losing the game. Dame hits a three from the parking lot um, to to take the lead or get them right back close. Um, they end up pulling it out and winning in game one. Right now, the Lakers are up by 30 um, in the fourth wow. quarter. Yeah, so so game two. LA, LA strategy for this, for this game was fantastic. Um, they slowed things way down and are just playing a half-court game. Not a lot of transition, not a lot of – you know, uncontested threes because of lack of rotations in transition. And LA has been super, um, super efficient, super effective. Again, it's 88 to 58 with 10 minutes to go. Gee. So, um, you know, I don't think every game is going to be a blowout like this, but I do think there's a really good chance that um, not having to go to Portland, obviously, you just play every game in LA. I'm sorry, in Orlando. Um, I think there's a great chance that the Lakers win this in, in five or six. What do you make of Milwaukee? They get beaten by Orlando in the first game, much like Orlando did to Toronto last year, and then Toronto goes on to win the championship and win that series. Now Milwaukee clobbers Orlando tonight. Do you feel like Milwaukee's on track, or should they be concerned about the Magic? Somewhat similar to um, the Lakers-Blazers um, game. That Milwaukee just looked flat game one, right? And the Lakers looked flat game, game one of this series, too. Yeah. Long layoff. They both, you know, the Lakers had clinched like six games ago. And so the guys were playing part time and you don't want to get LeBron and these guys hurt. So you weren't playing them all the minutes because they'd already clinched the number one seed. Um, and there's no real home court in the finals. So it doesn't really matter who's the home team in the in the NBA finals. Right. Because every game's played on the same court. So, um yeah, and I think Milwaukee ends up winning the next three games. Uh, Orlando just didn't even look like they belonged on the same court as Milwaukee today. I'd love if Orlando could find a way. I mean, I like the Lakers, but Orlando's kind of my hometown. Um, 
second team just because they're so close. Um, but I, I think Milwaukee is just going to be way too much for them. I think Milwaukee was flat game one and has sort of figured things out. Orlando would be lucky to get this to a, a game six, in my opinion. If Orlando gets bounced out the first round, which is all assumed, do you feel like they're going to trade an Aaron Gordon possibly to a Golden State Warriors? And to me, is that a mistake? Because you're kind of doing the same thing over again, TJ. You traded Victor Oladipo. He's turned into an all-star. I feel like the Magic, I don't know what they're doing. You know, It seems like they're being stable. They're getting stable with new coaches. They're making the playoffs consistently here the last couple of years. And now you're trying to trade uh, possibly a cornerstone in a Gordon. What would you feel like? Uh, how would you feel about a trade with Gordon to the Golden State Warriors? Would that be detrimental to that team? You know, I kind of wonder, I mean, what are you getting in return, you know, for that trade? You know, I mean, I don't think they're getting this, but Golden State has the number two overall pick. Um, you know, if you can somehow get that, I mean, you know, that I don't think it's, it's too bad because then you kind of have your career franchise piece that you're probably going to try and build around. But yeah, I mean, I like Aaron Gordon a lot. I think it, I, I think it would be a mistake to trade him away again, minus some some crazy, you know, trade that that Golden State puts together for him. But yeah, I, uh, you've got to have some consistency, you know. And Orlando's just been kind of. You everybody, has, I mean, in the NBA now, you just have to find your star and build around them, right? Like that's what Milwaukee has done with Giannis. That's what you know Boston's doing with Jason Tatum and stuff like that. So you have to find your star and go. And Orlando's done it before. I mean, they did it with Shaq, they did it with Dwight Howard, they did it with Tracy McGrady. You know, it's can they find that star? Is Aaron Gordon that guy? If he's not that guy, then maybe you do trade him and, and try and find who that guy is. You know, so I don't know, but I like Gordon, and it would be brutal if he was gone. All right, I'm going to get you back to your NBA game. Go ahead and promote yourself, Mr. TJ Pittenger, here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Yeah, so TJ Pittenger, I produce. Um, actually, I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back from that and kind of just do all the business stuff for the Big Three Roll-Up, which is a podcast covering uh, Florida State, Florida, Miami. If you're a college football fan um, in the state of Florida or just a college football fan in general, we talk a lot of shenanigans and a lot of um, – Big three college football, Florida, Florida State, Miami on the big three roll up. Um, out of that has branched three affiliate podcasts. One is Stadium and Gale. Um, those are the crossroads of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Um, that is our Gator podcast. There's another one called Storm Surge. And then mine is Double Fries, No Slaw. Again, um, a little homage to Guthrie's there in Tallahassee, who we've actually partnered with. So that's a ton of fun. Um, I saw somebody on the comments asking where Guthrie's is in South Tampa. I put a comment on there just south of um, Gandhi on Dale Mabry. It's there on the left if, if you're going south on Dale Mabry. Um, right. Order the double fries, no slaw. There's no upcharge for it, and it's way better. Um, that we, and let me tell you what Guthrie's is. For those that don't know, Guthrie's is the like the father of Zaxby's and Raisin Cane's. Uh, the people that started Zaxby's and Raisin Cane's used to work at Guthrie's. They left, split off, so they're going to do their own thing. So the, the model or the OG, the original, is Guthrie's. If you've had Zaxby's, if you've had Raising Cane's, you've essentially had generic Guthrie's. So go there and check it out if you're in Tampa. All right, good stuff, TJ Pittenger. Thanks a lot for joining me here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Enjoy those NBA games. Thanks, buddy. You have a good one. Yep, absolutely. There you go. Uh, that's a guy that sacrifices his time to watch NBA games to be on the sports web. See what we give you here, 727-255-0391 and 
888-957-0391. It's the Sports Web Bucks edition. I'm your host, Peter Blake, on the Landry Football Network. Let's go out to the webheads here. Yes, but he didn't find the check down on a hot read when it was there, says Christopher Cole. Uh, great phone call. I think we may have missed some uh, some comments here, so let's go. So sad for Coach Rivera, but he is a fighter. He will get through this. In case you missed the breaking news of the night, uh, Washington head coach Ron Rivera tells Adam Schefter of ESPN he has lymph node uh, cancer. He has informed his team. You know The Washington football team situation throughout the offseason has been chaotic. Uh, at best, and this is just not a good deal, although it is in the early stages, so it can definitely be curable and uh, treatable. So prayers out to Mr. Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington football team. Uh, Facts Dylan says best virtual edits video. All right, let's get to it here. Uh, Definitely we had TJ on. Dari is the number two. He isn't going anywhere this season. Eric says, I use Scotty as my returner in Madden. It pays dividends, but that's a video game. I don't think we should put him back there because we need him on offense. Mickens or Calais, maybe. Certainly possible with the Calais. That's the reason why you draft him in the first place in the seventh round. Uh, I don't think it's debatable if we stay healthy and all our guys play up to their potential worth 1,000% a Super Bowl team. Absolutely. You're not going to get any argument from me on that. And I think there's a lot of Bucks fans that are scared of those expectations, right? Because they've seen it before. They've been there before. 2017 goes back. You know, hard knocks. Then Hurricane Irma. No bye week. But you're coming off a winning season. You know, even going as far back as 2010. I don't know if there was any expectations of Super Bowl, though. You know, I've asked fans about this on the sports web. Is this the most pressure-packed year in Tampa Bay Buccaneer history, 727-255-0391. In my opinion, it is. It absolutely is. It has all the makings of something special. There's something different about it. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's Tom Brady. It's Rob Gronkowski. It's Bruce Arians being on two years. It's everybody's dialed in. Nobody opted out. You haven't had any off-season problems with any players. It's been very quiet. It's a good quiet. It's the quiet before the storm on September 13th against the Saints. You have no preseason, so you don't know how to see these players in a game-time situation. You don't know what the rookies are going to make an impact, but they did everything correctly in the offseason, starting with Brady, getting a Gronkowski, drafting an offensive lineman, getting a ball hawk safety in the second round who made plays at Minnesota, getting a running back that nobody was telling you about besides us here on Bucks Report, right? Resigning their own guys, a JPP, a Shaq, a Sue. Looking at the way the defense played in the second half of the year. Number one and two in categories. And don't give me the whole thing of, well, they weren't playing for nothing. Look, the NFL is not for long. We always say that on this show. Not for long. You have to play every game. You have to play to win the game. 
<laughs> and that Bucks defense did that in the second half of the year. And make no mistake about it, I think it's because of the comfortability of those young kids. Getting comfortable. It's also getting JPP back in that second half. Now you have him a full year, knock on wood. You got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing with the Bucks. It's not talent. Talent is there. It's always been there. Jason Light has done a hell of a job the last couple of years in building them into a possible Super Bowl team. Not a playoff. Super Bowl. That's what that's where they're going. That's where the expectations lie with them in 2020. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. They did everything correctly. Bucks fans, when has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers done everything correctly in the offseason? It's almost like you're playing Madden. <laughs> You're signing all your players. You're getting all your players. You're getting all your draft picks. You get one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. Nobody thought he was going to be there. He was there. Jason Light was aggressive to get up and get him. It's going to pay dividends. It may pay dividends for this year. When's the last time they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round? It's been a long time. Can you correlate that to wins and losses? Absolutely. You got to win between the lines, offensive and defensive line. That's how you got to build your team. If you're not built like that, you're not going anywhere. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook. Of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the Chris Landry Twitch channel, a part of the Landry football network all right i like what the defense looks like but it's always been the secondary that's been a little weak i'm definitely feeling that the defense can be a top 10 defense under todd bowles question consistent pass rush if jpp and shaq barrett need a breather who's the guys are going to back them up i like anthony nelson people say you're crazy you're 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 on that anthony nelson fan club i am draft a guy in the fourth round you don't draft a guy to sit you didn't let Nassib go to the Raiders because you don't think he's good enough. I get it. Showed flashes of brilliance, but he couldn't stay healthy. That was his hindrance last year. That's why you didn't get a chance to see those snaps. You're going to get a chance. Got to stay healthy. He feels comfortable with talking to him and his, his presser. What's the second year? Such thing as a sophomore slump? Not to Sean Murphy Bunting. Not to these corners. They seem very confident. Coach Arians already called Carlton Davis a top 10 corner with the way he played last year against the top wide receivers. Top guys. Not slouches. Not guys you get off the streets. A DeAndre Hopkins, a Julio Jones, shutting them down. Making them invisible. That's what a top corner does. But I still believe in the old adage that it starts up front. You have to rush the passer consistently. Can Shaq duplicate those efforts that he had last year with the 19 and a half sacks? A lot to ask for. Can he do it? You watch his tape. Guy has a nonstop motor. He gets after it. 
JPP. We know what to expect from him. Stays healthy. He gives 100%. He's a leader on this team. Period. He is a gamer. He is a baller. 727-255-0391. Are you scared of the expectations? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling optimistic about the season happening? It was all doom and gloom a month ago. The season's not going to happen. All these positive tests. What's going to happen? No college football. That means NFL. No, it doesn't. NFL has a plan. College football doesn't. TJ told you it's all about politics. Let's go out to the phone lines here, and then we'll get the dude on. Let's go out to Johnny Dean, the professor. Welcome to the evolution of Sports Talk Television, my friend. What's going on? I'm trying to read your mood tonight. You keep going from, like, good mood to the rant. I I, I know I could just, like, push you just a little bit and have an (laughs) hour-long rant here. What do you want me to rant on, man? I'm happy all the time. I get a chance to do something I love. People say, how do you do this, Johnny Dean? The reason why you do it, because you always dreamed about it. I always dreamed about having my own show on a platform that gives a crap. And Make no mistake about it. We care about you guys. We cared about you guys when the pandemic was going on, when there was no sports. Sports talk shows were talking about this and that. We gave you the sports content that every Bucks fan and every NFL fan would want. We have been here from the outset. We are going to be here from uh, the, the conclusion of this season. This is a big season to be a Bucks fan. So I love what I do. Go ahead. Oh, by the way, um, oh, this uh, phone call is brought to you by can- MyCannabisCard.com. Yes, MyCannabisCard.com. Definitely tell them. Uh, the Sports Web, Peter Blake, and Bucks Report sent you with over 2,500 state licensed doctors and 30 plus qualifying conditions. MyCannabisCard.com is by far the easiest and most cost effective way to secure your state cannabis card through the comforts of your own home. Who wants to come out of the home right now? You get to do it through the comforts of your own home. It's MyCannabisCard.com and tell them. The Sports Web Bucks Report and Peter Blake sent you. So there you go. And also, I want to make this announcement with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, kind of do some things here on the Sports Web. Know what I'm kind of doing. Go ahead, Johnny Dean. What's up? Well, we all know you that you know what you're doing. Yeah, to a certain degree, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Degree, man. You had me sweating a while ago. Oh, good. Good stuff, man. Good. Good. I'm glad, man. We don't have we don't have a sponsorship with them, do we? Uh, I don't think we do. We we still promote things on this show. We've done that before. We've talked about other businesses. We'll see if we can get them aboard. Um, but definitely want to give an announcement. I think I'm going to save it for tomorrow night. But we keep on mentioning the deck bar and grill at uh, Isla de Sol. Uh, there's an announcement coming out tomorrow, and I'll, I'll start it off. I'm not going to do it now. I'm just going to save it. But it, it's big things in the future for the Sports Web and Bucks Report. We got a lot of great things for you guys. And just because... Social distancing is going on and people are not able to go to the games. We're going to try to give you that game experience that we always do here on the evolution of sports talk television. So what's on your mind, my friend? Well, I've been sitting here looking through the chats and stuff and mm-hmm. I've been going, where the hell is Matt Colson and Ben Cornett? I have no idea. What, what did they guys? take off? We don't take days off nights off here on the sports web. Where are you guys at? Where are you trolls at? We got we got best virtual here. Yeah, we got. I mean, he never calls in though. Here. He never calls in. Best virtual edits video never calls in. Some of these guys just well, yeah. want to stick to uh, texting. What's this cool? You can do that. 
Yeah, best virtual. I know he must have one of the little squeaky Mickey Mouse voices or something. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So I do have a question, football related. Though. Okay, go for it. Uh, just to just to break this up a little bit. Sure. I have a football poll. Who is the guy on the team right now that you know is not going to make it, but that you really like a lot? I don't know how he doesn't make it because he's got so much speed and he can use him at maybe multiple positions, including quarterback, but possibly a John Franklin, the third, that's the guy that could possibly not make this team. And I know he's been talked about glowingly. Uh, He may be on the practice squad possibly, but he may not make this final roster. I don't know why I think that, but your wide receiving position is stacked. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he makes it. I don't know if he makes it out of there. You don't know. Those game situations in the preseason are kind of taken away. That evaluation process is going to be done through training camp, which it's done anyway, but it's always good to see those guys in a game-time situation. So I think John Franklin the third is one guy. I mean, who's your guy that you're considering may not make this team? Well, that you, you took it from me because I was I was all ready to argue with you about that. I mean, you're you're on the same page with me here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, from everything I, I hear, yeah, there's only four spots that can be protected on the practice squad, and once they go into the practice squad, they're open targets for anybody. Sure. So, um, I know they'll put Reed Sinet on on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm I, can't, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd go like 98 percent sure that they're going to put Reed Sinet on the practice squad right. and have him protected. Um, I probably one of the tail end running backs are going to be protected if they impress in camp. Um, uh, Tyler Johnson, what's he going? How's he going to be listed? Because I don't he, isn't he injured? But then I heard he 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 got he practiced some, and I didn't, didn't practice some. Practice. He's been injured. He's already behind as a rookie. I don't expect him to make an impact right away, and and that's disappointing. But that that's a part of what we're so dealing with with COVID nineteen. Then he'll be a protected spot. No, right? he's not. He's not going to the practice squad. I think they keep him on the roster somehow. I I could sure? see them. I mean, look, they're not going to draft him fifth round and put him on the practice squad. Somebody will pick him up, certainly, you would think. I mean, that yeah, w- I can see him coming in fourth behind Scotty, though. So, yeah. Right. I mean, you heard yeah, Justin right. Watson. We've heard a lot of things about Justin Watson. It seems like he's cut some weight. He looks impressive. Maybe it's his year to develop. Uh, this guy's no slouch either. He's got speed. He's got see, size. Go. That, that's going to cause a conundrum on that. We got – Jeez, Christ, we've got 14 or 13 wide receivers on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, you would assume so. it's going to be Evans, Godwin, Miller, Watson, Johnson. And I think you got to keep six. And then after that, it, that that's where I've seen, you know, John Franklin, uh, Sorrell Grayson, uh, who ran track, I believe, it also at LSU. Uh, he was doing some that things. Fast, He's man. fast. I mean, he you can't, fast. look, you can't teach speed. I saw him today. Right. I saw him today. He is fast. He's running track. I mean, he better be fast. You can't be uh, slow when you run track. You definitely got to. He also showed me how fast Scotty Miller really is. Sure. They were running together. They yeah. were neck and neck, right? And, and, and Grayson's a track star. He, he won medals and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like one of the fastest people in the league. Does right that now. always translate? You know, a guy that runs no, track is that it hardly ever translates. Right. Back. I mean, it never translates. And I remember, I'm trying to think. Was it was it Justin Gatlin who tried out for the Bucks 
and he was he played for the Gators, or am I wrong about that? I don't know, but we had the guy uh, that was a gold medal Olympic runner. Well, I thought that I was I thought that was name. Gatlin. Wasn't that Gatlin? No, it was no, that wasn't Gatlin. Wasn't Gatlin? Okay, uh, somebody else. No. I think he played at Florida though, and 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 he never worked out, and and there was always talk hey, about. Guy, Go ahead. Yeah, this guy that I'm talking about bounced around the league a couple of years because everybody wanted him to transfer into that speed, but it never did transfer. You're gonna have to look that up for me now because it's gonna kill me if I go to sleep yeah, and I don't like, know. Who that is? I mean, it's gonna eat me up now. Yeah, it's gonna eat me up too. So I tell you what, that's your research for the night. Anybody who knows that former wide receiver that tried to go with the box that was a track star, let me know. Call me up on the phone lines, Johnny. Call me up. Uh, anything else, buddy? No, that's it. I just wanted to change the tone and let's talk about something. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, tone. And you still never came up with an answer other than John Franklin, and you ain't got nobody else. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, maybe a corner, right? I mean, you have what? You have Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. Those are your three guys. And then after that, uh, I'm not sure. Is a Ryan Smith? Uh, Ryan Smith is a good special teams guy, so he's going to make it as a corner. Who else? Is there a rookie out there? As a is a massive. I bet my money on Ryan Smith making it as a corner. I'm not, he might make it in special teams, but there's. A Mazzy Wilkins, possibly a Motley, who who's Nick's guy from uh, Oklahoma. I, I like Motley better than I like Smith, man, all day long. Well, Smith, though, the advantage is that he's such a great gunner and a great special teams player. So that's why. And yeah, then you may right. True. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, you got to keep guys like that. You got it again. Three phases of your games. Well, Go ahead. Wasn't uh wasn't Arians was talking about Motley on special teams too? So and look, you can gain. There, there, you might can, be, there might be a little race right there. There might be a little competition there for Smith and between Smith and Motley. It's actually. a good problem to have because it goes back to what you always talk about depth. You got to have the depth on your team, and and having that competition definitely uh, will help you out. Tell you what, uh, let me get you out of here. We got another caller here, Johnny Dean. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you. Use that third or fourth call, right? All right, later, bud. Later, bud. All right, let's go out to the phone lines. Welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. You're on the sports web with yours truly. What's up? Hey, Pete. It's uh, it's Ron. Pete. Hey, Ron. Ron again. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Pete? Hey, I think that I think the guy that you were just maybe referring to is uh, I want to say that's Cyril Cyril Ross Grayson. That's right. Well, that's who is in the camp right uh, now, was- Grayson. Yes, but who was the guy previous? that the Bucks were trying to get as a wide receiver that ran track. Was it Gatlin or was it somebody else? Cause it escapes me now and, and that's going to kill me. Yeah. I thought, I saw 2017 under this, this Grayson guy. I guess he, he, uh, is undrafted. So that's, uh, okay. So that's the current guy we have on our, our roster. Correct. Right that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's not the guy. then. No, that's not the guy. Uh, I'll have to try to do some more research. See if I can find that. Um, but I was uh, just to just to give some some of my input. Uh, what you were saying earlier, Pete, I think it's uh, instrumental in uh, so many of the things you were mentioning earlier about the team. And like when I found out that we had kept a lot of our guys, like JPP and uh, Sue, uh, I just think that that's awesome. You know, to keep those guys intact and to re-sign those guys, I think that's going to come up uh, a pretty big time here in the season. I mean, obviously, for your run stop integrity. 
Um, well, it, it's about consistency, <laughs> Ron. It's about keeping everybody together. I mean, you were in the military, Absolutely. right? And, and you were taught a certain way. I remember this, you know, being in the Marine Corps boot camp, Paris Island, South Carolina, you were taught something. You were taught how to march. You were taught how to drill, taught how to do this and that. And eventually, like Johnny says, it's muscle memory. That's what the Bucks are doing right now. Muscle memory, consistency, keeping everybody together. You know, it's 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 all structured. And when's the last time you've seen the Bucks be so structured? And you know about structure because you're a military guy. By the way, thank you, thanks a lot for your service serving our country. Appreciate you, Ron. Uh, I was as we talked on several occasions, but you know about the structure and how important it is, not only in military but also in NFL football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that that's very true. Um, I appreciate I appreciate it. I tend to be more on the humble side there. From when people thank me about being in the military, I, I kind of look at it from even, even having some law enforcement background, both of the military and civilian. Um, it's just kind of a job that. I guess like so many others, you know, you never want to put your, hey, you know, we're no more beyond anyone else. But we kind of all knew, know the risk, inherent risk that you take when you enter a job like that. Um, but uh, it's one of the things, yeah, I mean, structure, consistency, keeping keeping these guys together is instrumental. And um, I, I think, too, as long as, I mean, like you said, the talent is there, Pete. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, this is uh, this is, this is special. I mean, uh, yeah. This roster is this roster is stacked. I mean, I know we had some questions about uh, maybe some linebacker depth. depth. I, I like Jack Sickey. Um, I think he can come in and do some things. I think a lot of these guys you can use on special teams um, that uh, you know, like Justin Watson, um, like Ryan Smith, both excellent excellent athletes that add a lot to that department. Um, so. But keeping that defensive line intact, giving these the young guys who saw what they could do last year, yeah, you know they're going to be together again. They're going to be hungry. Um, Tom Brady, Gronk, um, you know, fortifying some of that offensive line. I think the sky's the limit. But like you said, Pete, the key thing coming into this is just going to be: can we keep our guys healthy? Yep. And can you uh, can you keep you guys safe? Because you still have COVID absolutely. going on, and it certainly seems like Coach Arians and this coaching staff is taking it seriously, especially Arians, who is getting on his own coaches. He talked about this early on in this process, how he's not only instructing the players, but instructing the coaches. And if you do that as leadership, that's decisive leadership, and that carries on to the rest of the players. So if they're taking it, uh, they're taking it seriously, they're taking all the protocols seriously, and they're doing everything they need to do. To, to be safe from this and, and social distance and everything like that. And then you have the veteran leadership that we already talked about with JPP and, and of course, Brady and Gronk and everybody else that's a part of this, even Mike Evans, who's somewhat of a veteran, who's been on this team for a long time. If you have that veteran leadership, you feel like the sky is the limit where they can get through to these players where they're not going out to bars and clubs. And that's the big concern for me in 2020 with all these NFL teams. And I feel like there's going to be some type of correlation here, Ron, with the younger teams not necessarily having that veteran leadership or having a young coach. Maybe you're going to see more uh, positive COVID tests. Of course, you hope it's not going to happen, but you feel like it will with these younger teams. With the veteran-laden teams, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a problem. Just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I can see where that – I mean, I can see where you would have that uh, – that, uh, you know, way of way of thinking. Um, right. 
based on all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it, and that was my um, somewhat, somewhat my concern coming in is would we stay as structured as possible and follow the protocol? I mean, I think as far as what the organization is doing now, they're doing all that they can do, and they've got a good uh, program implemented there, and uh, there doesn't really seem to be anything um, out of the ordinary occurring as far as positive cases. I mean, I know coming in, uh, Vaughn came in, and uh, someone else uh, also was put on that, but it wasn't necessarily because it got positive. It could have been because they were around somebody who potentially had it, uh, but... Um, you know, we, we've seen it. I mean, hockey's done it. Basketball's done an extra, uh, excellent job at doing it and maintaining that, um, you know, that, 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 uh, being case free, you know, COVID. Sure. And, yeah. uh, I think, uh, I think things are kind of looking good now. I mean, I don't, I don't foresee there being any major issues. I, I just, uh, like I said, keeping these guys healthy, you know, with, with not having that off season, that, that's really what you, which, which, which you hope for. But, um, like I said, Pete, I think with the roster, I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, having Dare, Ogunbowale in the backfield, I mean, I think he's seasoned. He, he, he also knows, uh, you know, uh, pass protection. And I think he can um, share that and share some of that knowledge with Rojo. And I think, uh, Rojo will improve with that too. And I think with, uh, our offensive line plays better and, uh, with, you know, fortifying, that offensive line, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, I think uh, Rojo uh, can have uh, the, uh, an even better year. So, and then bringing in Shady. I mean, uh, <laughs> like I said, you just have all around. I mean, just in the backfield of Brady, you know, he has some outlets. The guys go to, uh, you know, guys who dump screen passes off, quick passes off to pick up yards. You know, it doesn't have to be big chunks um, all the time. Then he's got weapons uh, as far as our other receivers. And, um, so uh, I'm excited. Uh, How many wins this year, Ron? How many wins do you think the Bucks have? What, what is your what's your win total at this point? Oh man, like well, it's kind of hard to say, uh, but I would like to I'd like to say at least eleven wins. Okay. Uh, uh, I'd like to go go out. I don't know. I mean, what are you going out on the win thing? I say eleven wins. I mean, okay. There's no reason uh, between eleven to twelve, but I mean, I say we, we should definitely get eleven. Okay. Um, Good stuff. I so like it. I, so I, predicated on how how healthy we say, and um, so yeah, that's that's definitely the biggest key, Ron. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you again. Keep on watching the sports web and keep on tuning in. I'll ask you a couple weeks from now when the season's about to start. Again, what's your win total? Maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll go down. I, I like to play some games here with the webheads, but you've been definitely loyal uh, listener here, and I really appreciate you, all right? I yeah, appreciate you, too, Pete. Thanks for uh, having me on and taking our call and uh, uh, having the guests you have. It's really been a good um, a good program. I, I really enjoy watching Ricky. enjoying watching Al and, uh, you know, Joshua. A lot of good guests, so a lot of good insight. Great show. Uh, talk to you soon, Pete. All right, buddy. Take Sounds care, good. Buddy. Yep. Thanks a lot. There you go, Ron. Uh, open the phone line up seven two seven two five five zero three nine one and seven two seven two five five zero three nine one. See, I don't have to have any guests. I can do this. I've done this before. You know what? I started out doing radio. You know what it was? Eleven p.m. to one a.m. Yeah, that's how you start radio. There's no calls. 
<laughs> no calls at all. None. You got to come up with content. You got to prepare. You got to prepare like you're going to have no calls. You got to prepare like you're not going to have any comments. So I don't need any guests. I can talk to you all night long. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Um, okay, so I like that comment, Sean. Thanks a lot. By the way, uh, keep on coming back here. Uh, Deshaun, it's good to see you again. Guys, you, you guys need to keep on tuning in here. We go every night. All right, Johnny Dean, it was Jeff Demps, correct? Yep, Jeff Demps, 2012 silver medalist in the Olympics. Okay, thank you very much. I tell you what, we got your favorite caller coming on here, Mr. Uh, uh, Mister Travis Faley of Rocket Sports and Entertainment, David Spade. So let me get you off of here. All I'll get to right. him. David Spade, hell yeah. All right. Go. All right, man. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you. All right, let's go out to Mr. Travis Faley of Rocket Sports and Entertainment our lightning insider around the NFL correspondent. Welcome to the evolution of sports talk television on the Landry football network. What's on your mind tonight? I like being on the Landry football network, especially when I'm bucks report with Peter H Blake, ladies and gentlemen, the living sports legend. I appreciate that, man. I really do. And uh, speaking of somewhat of a legend, uh, he's under fire right now. It's disappointing. It's sad to a certain degree. Mr. Tom Brenneman, uh, commentator for so many years for the Chicago Cubs. Remember him, him and Steve Stone, him taking over for Harry Carey there uh, for a little bit in, in some later innings. Uh, disappointing what he had to say, a uh, gay slur, and now uh, facing the consequences. He's not only been suspended, uh, by the Cincinnati Reds, wasn't able to do the broadcast, had an apology, which seemed uh, to be, he, he was definitely on the up and up. But then also uh, Fox Sports has decided to go in a different direction. They're not going to have him anymore. Uh, is this too fierce of punishment by Fox and by everybody out there for a mistake that could be made by anybody when there's a hot mic on? Well, you know, Pete, as a announcer and somebody that's done production before and has been behind the board, et cetera, et cetera, and to get on to your point that you made before I got on the phone, it's all about prep. It's all about production to run a good show. And, you know, somebody who is, like you said yourself, a legend in the industry, you have to know when that mic is hot and when it's not. Yeah, You know, it, it's considerable and it, it will make or break a career. And unfortunately, at this point, you know, with the cancel culture that we're in, you know, Tom Brennan made a made a, a career ending, not career ending, but a, a big career mistake. And, you know, he might be going down that Brockmeyer um, path. I'm not <laughs> sure if you're familiar with the show Brockmeyer. Yep, but, you know, sure am. The, uh, the guy had some issues and had to start start back from scratch and and worked his way back up so is that tom brennan's future we we shall see pete we shall see but i know whose future is looking pretty grim at this point and that would be the washington capitals ladies and gentlemen as another big team gets eliminated from the stanley cup and i know you've been talking football all day pete but i know your ears <laughs> have got to be burning for some lightning hockey baby absolutely and we talked about this uh, about a week ago and you said the key was other guys had to step up and sure enough uh the killer himself alex kalorn uh definitely showed out and then you have a yanni gord who uh, game four looked like the best player on ice explain this to me how this team uh and then the other night you know getting the overtime goal tremendous coming back in that final minute 
to tie the game. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning this year seemed like they were on a mission, and it definitely didn't necessarily look that great during some of these periods of these games. Well, I tell you, Pete, that second period of yesterday's game was absolutely miserable. That was one of the worst, to me, one of mm. the worst periods of hockey that I've seen or witnessed live or on TV in a long time, and it was brutal. It really looked after Columbus had put that game up to the 4-2 to two, that the Lightning were uh, going to have to come back and play in a game six, but... You know, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. And, you know, you had your third line that you were talking about with Yanni Gord, who I thought, you know, when we talked about him earlier last week, that he would have to step it up. I mean, the guy is just a energizer bunny, but he would have to stay out of the box. And, you know, the Lightning did struggle in that in that regard. They were in the penalty box a lot during the season, or excuse me, during the series. And uh, fortunately, their their penalty kill was pretty good, but their power play was awful. So that's yeah. going to have you know, to, to get it to the next level and to you know, and compete and possibly win to get to, to the next round. They're going to have to start scoring on the face-off, excuse me, on the power play, and their face-off percentage has got to go up. I mean, the first period the other day, they didn't win a face-off. I think it was 12-0, mm. the face-off circle, and you just can't have that. Anybody that, that understands hockey, it all starts and stops with the face-off, you know, if you're in the offensive zone, you get the puck. If you're in the defensive zone, then the other team has an opportunity to score. So winning the draw is critical and having Steven Stamkos once again out is, is huge because he is their best player in the face-off circle. So somebody needs to step up and it, it just wasn't happening. Any word of Stamkos coming back to this team? Because talking to Blake Anthony of Sports Talk 49, he was putting out a Facebook post saying, you know, Stamkos, uh, has kind of let the lightning down, but it, it's really uncontrollable with the injury situation. You have the blood clot situation, you know, leg injuries, stuff like that. He can't really control it, but when he's on the ice, he makes that Tampa Bay Lightning team a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Do you feel like he's going to come back in the next series, or are we a ways away from that? You know, Pete, I can't really, I can't give, give you that answer. I've been searching and searching. I've actually contacted a couple people in the organization, and mom's the word, you know. And and you know, you're saying that you know, Blake had mentioned that Steven Stamkos is, is letting this team down, but you think he's he's probably the one person that wants to be on the ice more of than course. anybody. Of course, of course. And he is, an, he is a fantastic competitor. He's a great guy, and he's a great player, and he's the captain of this club. So if you think if he doesn't want to be on the ice right now is, is just you know ludicrous, in my opinion. So, I mean, do we need Stamkos? Absolutely, because what he does on the power play, he creates that, that left-side slap shot that's uh, you know as good as Ovechkin's. Probably not, not as good, but, I mean, have, have we ever seen a, a slap shot from the circle <laughs> better than Ovechkin? No. Well, Stamkos is pretty damn close. Yeah, especially on that right side. We're on with Travis Feely of Rocket Sports and Entertainment, our lightning insider around the NFL uh, correspondent here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. You mentioned the face-off situation. Why did the lightning struggle on these face-off situations, in your opinion? It's all about timing and, and just doing it, Pete. It's not the, the easiest thing to do, but, man, when you're, you're, you're missing your number one, you know, you're missing your number one face-off guy. You're going to struggle at times. But, you know, talk about not struggling, and it's going to cost the Lightning probably an extra million dollars a year. It's Braden Point. Mm. You know, we've talked about this guy for the last few years, and he is arguably one of the top 
even though the numbers might, pan, not, might not pan out across the NHL, but man, that guy can hit the top of the net from pretty much any angle when it's especially in front of the in front of the goalies. So man, just at the top shelf that that kid can hit, it's it's very very rare in the NHL, and, and it's going to cost them because they're going to have to pay him more money when his contract's up. That's for damn sure. I mean, I'll lose Tyler Johnson. I'll lose some of the guys as long as we can keep Braden Point and the fact that he can hit that net once again at, at, in any position, any angle. It's very rare. Do you think that Brizois can get him signed? I know it's a big-time challenge with the contracts of Stamkos and Kucherov on the books along with Hedman, uh, but it certainly seems like Point, you could say he's one of the faces of the franchise, if not the face of the franchise with Kucherov's troubles in the postseason uh, deal? Well, Kucherov's played really well. And, you know, last week when I called and we were talking about Kuch and mm-hmm. how, you know, Columbus likes to get under his skin. And, and we saw it last year when he got suspended. You know, this year he kept his composure. They were battling against him. They were bringing two guys to smash him around. And he kept his composure. And he had three assists in the game yesterday and looked fantastic. I mean, the superstars, when, when they need to show up, Kucherov is showing up, and so, and you can't take anything away from Andre Vasilevsky. He has been unbelievable and worth every penny that mm. we've been paying that guy. Absolutely. And granted, I've, I've always thought that he's been out of position every once in a while, giving up a short-sighted goal. But I don't, I didn't really see it this uh, in this series, except for maybe in Game Two, where a couple goals were eh, semi-questionable. Yeah, no, semi-questionable uh, with the Lightning. Who are they going to face next? Who Who are they looking at facing? It looks like they're they're might be locked into Boston at this point. Wow, Pete. I believe that's that's going to be the case. Is that a good matchup be, for them? Well, well, it's you know you got to get through uh, <laughs> got to get through the rival. Boston's yeah. been a rival for this club just as much as Washington. Washington probably a little bit more of late, but you know Boston has been that 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 knife in the side. You know you. Uh, it doesn't look like Tukarask is going to be there, but you still have the rat and you still have the same. You still have a 43-year-old Zidane Chara that can mm. get it done. And, man, it's, it should be interesting. But, you know, that's not that's not locked in yet either. So we shall see with uh, tomorrow's game. There's another game tomorrow. And we've we got to just hope that each series stretches all the way out until Sunday because if that's the case, then the games won't start probably until Tuesday, Wednesday, and that gives Steven Stamkos and the boys some time to rest because even they said it yesterday in, in the post game that they're gassed. They're yeah, gassed that, that was a that, that was a tough physical series. Game. Yeah, versus yeah. Columbus. So that seems like it would be an advantage. Let's talk football here. Let's go to your Chicago sure. Bears. Talking to Chris Landry the other night about uh, the quarterback situation with the Nick Foles and the Mitchell Trubisky. You know, comments from a Cordell Patterson. He's saying that Trubisky looks like a totally different quarterback. Do you feel like he will eventually win that starting quarterback position because of not only looking good, but the circumstances of the season, not having Foles have all those reps, does that favor uh, a Trubisky? It does favor Trubisky because, you know, sort of same same way with like Brady coming into, you know, sort of, a, I guess, a new system, even though Foles was very familiar with Nagy and the, uh, and the offensive coaches with the Bears, it's still going to take him time to figure out the route running with the, you know, with the receivers of the Bears. And, you know, Trubisky might get the start, might get the, the, the starting nod for a couple of games, but man, he's going to have a quick hook. And if he keeps throwing, overthrowing, you know, wide open receivers, 
and I'll tell you, I'd get them out of there quick because I think it's you have to win a playoff game this year. You have to either win a division or take get a uh, um, a wild card and win a game, win a playoff game this year, or I think Ryan Pace is, is going to get fired. They'll probably stay with Nagy for one more year. Mm-hmm. They'll let Trubisky go. They'll keep Foles for that second year of the contract and see how that plays out. And if it plays out poorly like it could, then they'll bring in Rodgers. Speaking of, and that's certainly a possibility, and even Rodgers has talked about that, and he wasn't so keen on it, but he said it was you know difficult for him to talk about. But really, the writing is on the wall for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't understand what the Packers are doing besides moving on. You have a team that's in the NFC Championship, I believe 13-3, and three, but they give up 186 yards on the ground to the 49ers. That's where you should be improving, and instead you're drafting a uh, first-round quarterback in a love, and you're also drafting a running back in an A.J. Dillon. I get it. You need two running backs in the league, but those weren't the biggest needs, Travis Faley. You had to improve your defense, and I don't know if you did that. So I see the Packers kind of taking uh, a seat, uh, kind of take take a uh, set setback set here. Back. Yeah, setback, if I could talk, uh, this year Very in that, that division. And I think Aaron Rodgers could be on his way out. And that situation, I don't think, is going to be cured overnight. There are some hurt feelings there. And it certainly seems like Rodgers believes he could be either on his way out to either Chicago or I would throw this name out there, the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo and already their wide receiving position being in flux with some of the injuries they had and some question marks. If he can get you over the top, I feel like John Lynch would go all in much like Tony Dungy did when they went with a Sean King, who was a young player, they couldn't get it done. They went after a Brad Johnson. Could you see the 49ers, if not the Bears, going after an Aaron Rodgers in 2021? No, it won't be 2021, Pete, because I think Rodgers is $41 million against the cap. So it would be actually in 2022. Mm-hmm. And what I do possibly see happening, if it's, if it's not with the Bears, depends on what happens with Garoppolo. you got to remember, he's one throw away from winning the Super Bowl. Sure. If he hits him, if he hits him in stride, it's a, it's a touchdown and the Super Bowl is over with. Uh, De- uh, Samuels. You, have, you know, they're Sanders. Yeah, Debo. Debo Samuel. Yeah, absolutely. No, not Debo Samuel. It's Sanders, but that's Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders yeah. 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 Don't make me come over there and, and the- see <laughs> you right? Good but, stuff. No, yeah. Pete, no, I can definitely see. Let's see what happens with Cam Newton this year in New England and see how that plays out. Maybe Newton is there for a year, maybe another year. Um, if they do decide to go after one of the top three college quarterbacks, let him sit on the bench for one or two years, and that's where Rodgers could come in in 2022 and play a couple of years under Bill Belichick. That could happen. Yeah, that could absolutely happen. Are you buying that situation in New England with Belichick and his comments uh, yesterday saying – uh, he could play a dual quarterback system, or do you feel like he's kind of playing the media? Because what you hear from Mike Giardi of NFL Network, Cam is not necessarily completing all his throws, and Stidham has thrown multiple interceptions. And you would expect that with a young quarterback that's really never had the starting experience. Do you buy Belichick playing both quarterbacks? And then if he's doing that, if you have two quarterbacks, that basically means you don't have a quarterback, right? Well, don't forget, he's got... The essential Brian <laughs> Hoyer to bring in also. Pete. Oh, yes. I mean, so oh, who forget, forget Brian yes. Hoyer. He is a 
awesome backup. You got to remember that Brian Hoyer, you know, but no, if he starts doing interchangeable quarterbacks, all he's doing is, is looking to pick up Trevor Lawrence or one of the other two quarterbacks. Cause he's going to have multiple picks. He's going to move up. He's going to try to make that move. I think that's, that's in, in play. I definitely think that's in play, you know, Belichick, everybody else is playing checkers, and Belichick is playing chess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm kind of concerned about some of the injuries going on in the NFL. You already have a Tyreek Hill who has a hamstring injury. As you know, hamstring injuries hamstring injuries can be lingering issues. You already have God, uh, not Godwin, um, Sammy Watkins with a groin injury. So uh, there's already been some of these things that have happened, and you're knocking on wood, especially when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin. So hopefully that doesn't affect the season. What do you make of Coach Arian's comments today about Rob Gronkowski looking like uh, five or six years ago? Do you buy that? Is that coach speak? And could you see him playing a lot of snaps where a lot of people say, you know what, you would preserve Gronkowski because he's had so many injuries in his past? Listen, we got to remember one thing. The last year that Gronkowski was with the Patriots, he was used, utilized more as a blocker. And when, when push came to shove, he was there to make great catches and, and really help them win that Super Bowl against the Rams. Probably the biggest catch in that game sure. was, you know, end of the game. Didn't do much for, for most of it, but he did fantastic blocking. And I think if the Bucks utilize him in that regard, it's also going to open up, you know, pass plays for him. So the sky's the limit with Gronk. Yeah. At this point, you know, no. you've got three, three quality tight ends, guys. I mean, that's going to really help not only with pass protection, but it's going to help with the running game. And, you know, once again, how has COVID affected Brady in the, in, in the offense? Well, you saw Tom Brady out there with, <laughs> with the players of the Bucks and getting in those reps that a lot of teams weren't getting in. I didn't hear anything that Foles was getting together with guys from the Bears and, and in the offseason and running plays and looking at the playbook, et cetera, et cetera. You know who was doing that? It was Tom Brady was doing that. Yep. You know, because he's the, the quintessential pro, and he wants to win. He wants to stick it one time in, into Belichick, and he wants to get one more Super Bowl under under Arians. And he's got a shot with this team because they are very, very complete. I believe at this point they're more of a complete team than I've seen in a long time, other than maybe in the secondary. I know you guys talk about that a lot. But I love the secondary. I, I love. I think the secondary is one of the strongest points on this team. I mean, I get it. They have a lot of young guys with some inexperience, but you know, having that second half of the year to learn Todd Bowles' the system, uh, some of those kids have gotten bigger in the offseason. They're going to be more experienced. I think the sky's the limit on this secondary. In fact, I would not be surprised if all these guys make plays, big-time plays this year, and you're looking at you know the future, people saying the Legion of uh, – uh, boom! I, I think you're looking at the Legion of Boom with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just my opinion. I don't know. Oh, you're already putting a moniker on it. I am, man. You know, that's I am. Doom. That's yeah. Doom. Legion and Legion of Boom, Legion of Doom. That usually means six and ten. Six and ten. There you go, <laughs> Travis Finley with his hot takes here on the Sports Web. Go ahead and promote yourself. We got to get out of here, my friend. Uh, no problem. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call too, Pete. I always. Uh, Enjoy our little talks. Um, my, it's Travis at uh, Rocket Sports Entertainment. We just covered the Rowdies last week. We're actually nice. uh, uh, covering a bunch of different things. We covered some MMA, some UFC last weekend, too, so we're pretty active. But uh, rocketsports-ent.com, Travis, R-S-E-N, not only on Twitter but on Instagram. And just a little update in the uh, Calgary-Dallas series. Calgary got up 3-0 early 
on Dallas in the first period, and Dallas has roared all the way back in the middle of the second to take a lead at four to three. Jeez. So four unanswered goals for Dallas Stars, who can close out the, uh, the series tonight. Nice. Good stuff. Thanks a lot for the update here. Talking hockey, talking NFL football here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Thanks for your time. And we got to get you on video here, David Spade. All right? <laughs> not if you call me David Spade. I'm not going on TV. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Travis. Really appreciate you. All right? Hey, brother. All right, see you. There you go. Good stuff. All right, we got to wrap up this show. So let's go out to the webheads here, read these comments, and then we will get out of here. Your three hour extravaganza of the sports web. Three hours a night. Uh, it's Tuesday, it's 10 to 12, but that's because the legend Al Keck does his show at nine o'clock. Just saying, we. We kind of cut you an hour, but yeah, you'll you'll forgive us. Trust me. We what we got in store here coming up here in the next couple weeks. I think you're gonna like it. Uh, date is dependable, and my son just got his jersey. I think you're talking about Dare, and my son just got his jersey. Also, 44. Got to give these young guys some time to develop, but we can't baby them. Agree. The deck bar and grill. We talked about that. I like the sound effect of the cannons firing. Let's do it again, real quick. There you go. Keep the TV. It adds character to the show. The TV must stay. Sometimes they throw balls at Peter's face. It's funny. Goodness gracious, Eric. Where's Guthrie's exactly in South Tampa? Uh, he told you that. Right. Show me people partying and social distancing at the same time. We've seen those results already. Just south of Gandy on Del Mabry. That is Guthrie's running back depth chart for the Bucks. Uh, Rojo at this point. And then second running back is up in the air. We'll see what happens. Just finished watching the current. I'm so hyped for the season all over again. Let's go. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in. This is the only country in the world that made the virus political, says Mike. Yes, sir. Uh, Fred. Yes, but we're ready for the season. Hey, go Bucks. 813 Tampa ready. Fire those cannons. There you go. Love the 813. Peter is funny. Fire those cannons. We did. Jeff Dimps. Jeff Dimps. Dimps is the 2012 Olympic silver medalist in two games uh, into his NFL career, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after landing on injured reserve with the Patriots. Absolutely, that was the player I was talking about. Christopher Cole, the sports web brought to you by the word muscle memory. We all always have to have that. Another great show. Keep it going. Bring your passion. Uh, Travis Feely, a.k.a. David Spade, one of my all-time favorite callers. Christopher Cole, Boston versus Tampa in the second round. Gotta love it. Playoff NHL hockey. Rogers would be a Buccaneer in 2020. Don't start. I thought Philadelphia already won that series against Montreal. Uh, thanks for the call, Travis Faley. Thanks for listening, Johnny Dean. No Philly, three to two. Christopher Cole BA said in his first talk with the team that this is the most talented team he has seen. I absolutely agree. And we need Montreal to beat Philly. Then Bolts would play Canadians. I like that matchup. And I like the fact that you guys tune in to the evolution of Sports Talk Television Live nightly here on Bucks Report and a part of the Landry Football Network. Do three things for me early on this Friday. Yes, it is Friday. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. We'll be back tomorrow night at 9 o'clock here live on the evolution of Sports Talk Television. I'm your host, Peter Blake. Have a great night.
You're now in the Sports Lab, a sports talk show for the hardcore fans. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.